listening to the Thundercling Podcast. <laughs> Just rippling abs. How are we going to get fucking sponsored by these guys if we can't even get the name right? Did you say you're doing wrestling moves? I'm not bleeding. Jason Kale is walking around on stilts. Fucked up. I like to spice our pee bottle. I'm looking for a drummer who will double it. Hi, I'm Feedy. And I am Dave. You're going to say it? What? what? And you're you're listening to the Thundercling Podcast. Check it out. Knocked it out of the park again. (laughs) So what's going on, Feedy? You know. We don't really have a whole lot to talk about. It's true. It's been kind of of a peaceful week. It has been a peaceful week. Lots of travel, lots of climbing in the rain. Now we're just here, settled in. Sitting back on the orange couch, on the orange thunder couch, enjoying a peaceful Sunday afternoon with our loved ones, our dogs, a fire. Yeah, a crackling fire. A crackling fire. Yeah. Why don't you sit back, relax, and let yourself go? Uh, That's. Huh? I was setting them up. Real nice. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, it's gone now. What are they gonna do? (laughs) Crackle. (laughs) Okay. I had some wontons. <laughs> you really did. How many wontons did you just eat? Too many. You had two. You no, had... I had like. No, I, yeah. No, I left the the fins of two because they're fried, and I didn't want them. Gross, dude. You're a fin lever. I know this is. Well, there's not really much going on in the climbing world, but um, I did notice that the season has changed. That's right. No longer do I plan on traveling far and wide to avoid the snow of Colorado. That's right. Front range is looking ripe right now. Would you say that it's uh, banging? Yes. How did you know this? I just, it's, it's just the Dave. way I talk. <laughs> it's the way I talk. You're below your years. It, thanks. <laughs> you fucking asshole. Um, but it's also, it's the season of the bro down, dude. What's that? It's when all of the shirtless beanied. Gym climbers yeah. come to the crags. They're like, yo, it's time to test my strength on these brocks. Yo, <laughs> you have any liquid chalk left over? Oh, um, shit. <laughs> sorry, I don't know why he's from New York. <laughs> yo, you have any liquid chalk left over this uh, dusty chalk's a bunch of bullshit, eh? <laughs> Gligan. Yeah, yeah, man. But it is kind of the season of the bro down. You had maybe a, a pleasant, but a bit of okay, a, a bro Here's the down thing ex- about when the bro downs come into Towns. 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 <laughs> Both with Zs. Excuse me. When the when the when the gym climber bro climbers come to the crag, there's a few simple tips that you can do to avoid, you know, encountering them. A, they don't like early mornings. If you okay. get out to the yeah. crag early in the morning, you are gonna dodge a significant portion of those. The climbers. bros are still sleeping <laughs> off the Jagermeister bomb shots, bro. It's a crazy night. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Um, What's uh that's a good tip. What would what would be some other advice to Kind of sidestep the the bros. Honestly, like, that's that's might be the only thing I really know. That's not entirely true though. You can go out late at night as well. Okay, late at night, bros. They prefer this the heat. That's right, because then it lets them take their shirt off. To it gives them justification. Yeah, yes. Those long winter months uh, because they take off their shirts in the gym as well. Yes, but there's it's they're not like getting a tan in there. No, so no, now no. they're like. I need to get my nipples fiery red and my pecs all well, it's orange. This, it's their season, dude. They're in. Yeah, it's they, mating season. Mating season for the. 
the bro towns. Yeah, and if do you know how they mate? Do you know what the mating dance involves? Um, um, no, I'm not. I don't think so. Hey, yo, Feedy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this guy is sorry. Persistent. This guy's a dick. <laughs> but anyway, you say, hey, yo, uh, what's your butt? Long hair. Uh, if you use that left hand crimp without your pinky, you're gonna be a lot more successful with the rose move a little bit later on. I don't mean to spray you down. I'm just saying I had success when I sent it five years ago. That, that happened. That, that happened, happened for today. Yeah, today. Well, what? actually, no. Today, my tip came in super handy. I went to check out a climb in South Morrison. Uh-huh. Got there <laughs> maybe a little too early. I got there at like six a.m. The sun had just was starting to rise. The bro hordes they were nowhere were, to be yeah, seen. Still dreaming it of was, sugar, sugar plums. I was honestly a little bit regretful, but you know what? Sometimes you gotta suck it up. Yeah, but I don't know. You, ha- I had the whole place to myself. It was beautiful. I had to carry a gajillion pads up there, and my arms fell off. But I you, think it was how worth did you it. Cl- how did you climb? How did I climb without I, your arms? <sighs> poorly. Yeah. Sometimes you just have to run. Run up as the guy. fast as you can and jump. Yo, yo, Feedy, I find if you use that higher right foot, you can get a better uh, head jab. Fuck that guy anyway. <laughs> but it is kind of the season of the bro down. Yeah. But you know what? We go. We we could we're be, kind of we could be bros as well. Well, we're I just never a variation take... of them. Yeah, you know? we're kind of more of a. I'm more what of what makes a, us. What makes you fucking better than a bro down clown, dude? I me yeah. What makes you better than a bro down clown town, bro? Be- <laughs> because my six pack, I guarantee oh, you, I have wait, one. You have one. I, yes, I do. You have to show. But me. it is invisible. Okay. Underneath a soft. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the tasteful, like multifaceted slur- layer of fat. Wow, vert, like robust fat. I would say it would be like three. Dude, it's there. You thumbs. just gotta feel it, bro. Three. If you put your thumbs together, yeah. and then you borrowed somebody else's thumb and put your thumb, That's, that thumb right next to those two thumbs you have is what is abs. Yeah. So okay. underneath that. So that's one thing. So that makes. Wait, I'm confused. How does that make you better? Because I, bros oh, it, don't fuck. Yeah. I am not gonna take off my shirt. I prefer the like. Yeah, you know, I prefer the tasteful like. You get that kind of slim fitting wool shirt. Yeah, you know, the schmedium. The schmedium. The schmedium. The You get like some nice shorty short and prana mojos, and like that's tasteful, you know? There was a time when I was, I had hair, uh-huh. and I was like, could wear a beanie, it'd be flowing out of it, and I was, I was a pretty skinny dude. Oh my God. Yeah. Wait. And uh, I was nice and tan, and I'd take off my shirt, and maybe I. Uh, Dave, maybe what? I would kind of. Are you, are you telling me right maybe now? Maybe I am a, a reformed. I'm a reformed uh-huh. broist. Dave, I'm, I'm sorry, Feedy, but we've known each other for a long time, and I want you to know that I have changed my ways. And th- my point is that when <laughs> you're in hope. the midst of these circling sharks of a bro down, and you are just chum in the water, yeah, that you just know that these bros will someday grow into <laughs> heavy set, quarter hiding, balding, <laughs> balding fellows, okay, who complain about the people they used to be. That's good to hear. I think growth is important. I do too. And with that, <laughs> and with that, <laughs> let's move on from the season of the bro down. So, who do we have on the show today? I'm super excited to say that we had two of my favorite guests we've ever had. Me too, man. Yeah, it's fucking unbelievable interview. Yeah. Also, I gotta say I was a little starstruck because I loved Stumped. 
Stumped is a great movie. Oh my God, if you haven't movie. seen Real Rock uh, 13, wasn't it? It was oh, 12, I think. Have you, if you I haven't, could be wrong. That's what I meant. If you haven't seen <laughs> Real Rock 12, check it out. It's ama- we'll put it in the show notes. It made me feel so happy. It was just such a f- funny and lighthearted and happy climbing film. Vignette. And I think the world of climbing could use more happy and lighthearted content like that. <laughs> Me too. Uh, are you me. are you okay to say who was on the show? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we, yeah, we had Maureen Beck and Emmett Cookson. Cookson. Oh God, Lord! Must be the bro coming out of you a little bit. Help me! Fight it! Fight it! Choke it's it gone. down. Okay, it's gone. So, but Maureen Beck, likely, if you're listening to a climbing podcast, you know who Maureen Beck is. Right, mm-hmm. I would right? say so. Are you listening? If, I, if you're niche enough for this, you're definitely. N- you know who Maureen you know Beck, who is. Beck is. <laughs> but our job is to tell you anyway. She is a world champion. She Correct. is a national champion. Correct. She is the chair of USA Climbing Paraclimbing Committee. Mm-hmm. She works with Paradox Sports and Front tr- Range Adaptive Climbing Club. It's incredible. She was Outreach. born without her left hand. Yeah. And she's a climber. She's a good climber. She's a badass climber. Yeah. She's a 5'12 climber. Uh, likely with grades in the future well beyond that. Um, so she's on the show today. And she was also responsible for a petition? Correct. The World Championship, they made a blunder and essentially messed up the booking. So the Paraclimbing World Championship was forced to relocate to France. They forced it they forced it in a guinness book world record bad optic, optic move yeah just fucking stupidity hey guys um we're gonna have the world championship in japan it's gonna be sick yeah. but by the way <laughs> we messed up but yeah we it's want... fine you're gonna go to france hey france by yourself a... yeah separate entirely yeah but france but fr- oh it's the beautiful france so that sucks and i think a lot of people agreed with Maureen because she started a petition and it got thousands of signatures. Thousand, you signed. Yes, tens of thousands. You I, signed too. I did sign. Of course Damn I signed. Right. We wouldn't be allowed to do this podcast without signing. Um, but it was a pleasure to sign. And we also have her coach, her personal coach, and now the head coach of the USA... Paraclimbing team. Paraclimbing team, Emmett Cookson. Yes. Very knowledgeable man. Strong climber. Hell of a story. young coach, too. Yeah. yeah. He started out as a freaking D1 cross-country runner, discovered climbing, coached under Justin Shong. This is a climbing sense. Kind of had the dream traditional life path. He was working at Amazon, a huge company, making a, like a solid living, and he gave it all up to try and pursue his passion of climbing and coaching. <laughs> Got to respect that. Yeah, that's a big give up. That's a big punt. Like, I don't want a new house. I want to live in my car and coach. <laughs> so check it out. What's it all about? Hippity hop. Yeah. Hippity hop. Okay. It's a, it's a, it's a. Come s- on. Dave, we're so freaking cool, dude. I know, man. I didn't know. Wait, is that a beanie? Yeah. On your head? Wait. Your shirt. No. Dave! Ah, do you see the quarters? Down in the city where the wind patterns change. Blown around the buildings all tall and strange. Up the stairs to see Marie down to the dark on the moon.
apology. Oh, okay. Because that's the only way we've beaten down. That's We're just, it's only our 11th episode. <laughs> <laughs> um... Emmett, let's start with you. Okay. How did you... You were a track and field athlete, right? Oh, yeah, I got it. Fuck, it's on. <laughs> yeah, you should probably talk into the mic. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I... Um, geez, you know, I'm from St. Louis, Missouri originally. It's not really a big climbing hub. There's some good <laughs> stuff out there, especially around Southern Illinois, but I never climbed on that. Um, growing up, I did all the classic sports, soccer, baseball, softball, like ball sports kind of kid. Um, and then... Midwestern, man. Oh, Shout yeah, man. Yeah, you, you have to. You guys, they kick you, you out of the Midwest if oh, you don't yeah. do that stuff. Yeah, I didn't play football, but I don't have the build for it by any means. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know? um, I probably would die if I did it. <laughs> um, but uh, no, like I, you know, uh, my eighth grade year, I just kind of picked up running because my the rest of my family was already doing it except for my mom, and uh, and I was okay at it. And I just kept doing it. I kept getting faster, and, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, and then I went to college at the University of Tulsa, um, Why'd you choose Tulsa, by the way? I knew you went there, but I've never asked that question. <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. Uh, so actually, Colorado School of Mines yeah. uh, out here in Golden uh, was my first choice. Um, the difference was that uh, they weren't going to give me a ton of money. Like I had an athletic scholarship from them and some academics, mm-hmm. but um, I went to this kind of like private school in St. Louis. Like all the private schools in St. Louis are either all boy or all girl for the most point. Mm-hmm. So I went to an all boys school. And we're as one would per- assume. Yeah. <laughs> oh well, you I was know, the only I, guy that went to the all girls school. I hung out at the all girls school sometimes. <laughs> um, but no, uh, uh, yeah, I, I went to an all boys school um, that was like kind of prestigious and like all that. And they, the University of Tulsa, gave a lot of really good academic scholarships to um, people from that school. D one too, right? Yeah, and they're also yeah. D one. So it was the choice between D two and D one. Um, I was going to be a walk on at Tulsa, and I was going to be. A scholarship athlete at uh, School of Mines, Ooh. and so I went with <laughs> Tulsa because my brother was a scholarship athlete there, or an, like he was an athlete with a scholarship and academics, and they were going to give me more academics than he got with those two combined um, because of my like SAT scores and stuff, uh, ACT from the Midwest. Um, and I mean, he was already there, you know, so our parents were like, "Oh yeah, you can borrow a car and stuff like that," and I was like, "Well." So kind of cool. I'd like to be able to nice, drive around dude. and everything. Uh, so yeah, I went to the University of Tulsa, which uh, I loved my time there for the most part. But like, <laughs> I was I was done. I didn't really try too hard in college, in particular, in terms of like, like academics. But but I you was, were running. I was running. I was running. I got up to 100 plus miles a week for like two and a half years of my life, man. I spent so much time. What were you running from, dude? <laughs> what were you running from? Oh, that's a that's good the question. only explanation. I think I was running towards something. It was trying to figure out what I wanted yeah. to do with myself. When you stopped running? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, uh, you know, I, in eighth grade was the first time I ever rock climbed. Uh, it was in a gym. Like everyone my age these days, it mm-hmm. seems like everyone climbs inside for the first time. And I would go to the gym like pretty sparingly um, in, in high school and college. The one in Tulsa, Climb New Heights. Uh, shout out to that old ass gym that doesn't exist anymore. Um, I, I mean, Rest in I, peace. yeah, RIP baby. Uh, it was this old, um, diving center. And so like the, the lead and sports section was like a pool and it had giant steps and movement kind of reminds me of that with their giant oh, steps, yeah. but it was like a dugout swimming pool and you went from the bottom of the pool and then you went up to the second story. It was kind of cool. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> um, but yeah, that place was old and janky and, uh, you know, I went there every now and then I had a membership, but I like barely used it. Um, and so like, I really think I started climbing once I got burnt out on running Yeah, Yeah, and, and, uh, and so I moved down to Austin, Texas and started on the, uh, ARG Austin rock gym adult team, which was really just like a 
training group. Yeah. Um, but I started with them and I just like instantly it, fell it in love with it. Yeah, Did you it stop running right away? No, I didn't actually. <laughs> okay. Well, I like took some time off um, and I would run every now and then, but I would mainly focus on rock climbing. Um, I remember that December I went out to Oregon hang out with my friend Derek shout out to Derek I know you're gonna be listening to this yo Derek, Derek. what's up come on <laughs> Derek he's a firefighter in Elizabeth Colorado he just bought a house in Castle Rock ladies he's single he's hot go for it oh <laughs> yeah Derek this, Damn, is a, dude. this is a dating podcast right um but no uh you send us some money if you get a date from this Derek yeah Derek uh you owe me at two. least a picture yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. at least yeah. a picture and shirtless please yeah. and thank you for your service carry on thank you Derek um, but yeah, no, uh, Derek invited me out to do this, like run from Eugene, Oregon to another, I don't know, probably OSU out in Oregon. Um, and it was this long thing and I was, I think I took up some extra laps and stuff on it. Cause it was like a relay marathon type thing. Um, but yeah, I would run, I eventually moved out to Seattle, Washington, um, to pursue another software development job out there with, uh, Amazon and. Uh, that's when I started like training, training. Um, I started working with Justin Shong via his climbing sensei thing in the like beta. Uh, he took me from climbing like V4, V5 outside to V8 in three months. Um, nice. Shout out wow. to Justin. Part of that's also, I think, just some athleticism, but mm-hmm. um, definitely just like had nothing to do in there because I was very single and very much sick of my job. So like after work, I would just go to the gym and do six sets of everything he recommended. Like. Wow. He recommended, you know, four to six sets, and I would just be like, no, nah, I'm here for three and a half hours. Let's go. I want to crush my body right oh now. Oh, my God. <laughs> he, that was before he moved to Evo? Uh, yeah, that was before he started working at Evo. So you knew him? I knew him there. before. Yeah, oh, yeah, nice. yeah, yeah. So he, I worked with him in that sense for like a year and a half until I moved out here to Colorado, really. Yeah. Um, but eventually, after a year at Amazon, I was just like, I'm done with this. I hate software development. I hate like the entire nine to five thing. I've always liked sports. Um, I got recommended in my senior year of high school as one of the team captains for the cross country team to like be, be a coach at some point in my life. And so I was just like, you know what? I'm going to give it a shot. I want to be a coach. And then at the same time, I'm going to pursue my, my own climbing career and see what I can make out of it. Um, I was a total idiot and didn't really know what I was doing back then. I was just stupid strong. Um, and looking back on it, it was like very sad, but I moved into a car. Dude, man. that just, that is a first world problem right there. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, it sucked, man. I was just like wicked, wicked strong. I didn't well, know what to do. Like, <laughs> I, 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 I had this strength. like, I had this, like natural athleticism and strong fingers, but like, I mean, I'm not, you can look at me right now. You can't say I'm like strong, right? Yeah, you're looking at me right now. I'm not like a strong built dude. You I'm do not look like the rock. Yeah. I don't look se. like the rock. I, I, I'm a runner still hey, you, in a lot of it. You look good. Thank yeah, you. he does. You, you yeah. look. Uh, you look nice. You Thank look you. like you would look very athletic. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Um, I don't take compliments. Well, this, uh, <laughs> this is a dating podcast. <laughs> this is a dating podcast. Um, uh, you're not so bad yourself, Dave. But I know you've got a girlfriend. Thank you. Thank you. What's your? No. Um, but uh, yeah, no. Like I, uh, I don't know. I just like didn't understand movement at the time, and eventually I became a route setter in Austin for like two, three months before I moved out here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once I moved out here, I got a job over at Evo Rock and Fitness as a setter and then an assistant coach and eventually moved on to be the head coach there. Um, but yeah, like in that time, like especially route setting has taught me so much about movement and just like thinking about what I'm doing on the wall. Before it was a lot just like 
I, I didn't remember like having the thought process of like, oh, I should do this and that because of this no. and that. I was just like, oh, I should just do this. And it just felt right to me. Yeah. And I think that's that like natural athleticism I might have had. Um, but nowadays, like I still have that like, oh, I don't have to think as much while I'm on the wall thing. But when I'm off the wall, I can think a lot more about what I'm seeing yeah, right. and what I'm feeling. Nice. Um, but yeah, I just rock climb now. That's all I do. Like, well, literally all I do. No, uh, Emmett's also an amazing, outstanding dog watcher. Oh, yeah, oh, that's fantastic. right. Yeah. Yeah. You're a dog watcher. Mm-hmm. Dog watcher. Uh, you can least... find him on wag.com. <laughs> ah, uh, I'm, on, I'm on wag and rover. Um, <laughs> I believe uh, our friend Feedy is also mm-hmm. oh, wow. a premier. I used to be. You used to be? Yeah, yeah. me too. Since... Gave it up. Gave that life up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I do it sparingly these days. Yeah. Uh, as, a, as a setter over at the Boulder Rock Club and a coach at the Team DBC, yeah. Um, I don't really have a lot of time these you know, days too much. I else. got I got really turned off when I showed up to someone's house to walk their dog and it was very evident that they had left town and oh. they were just calling wag people to come over and walk this dog that was like in this house by itself for like the whole weekend. Oh no. And there was just like a pool of piss at the door and I was like, This is fucked up. That's really I'm messed out. up. I did I never had a situation like that. I just like I was just doing it because I didn't have a job. <laughs> fair, <laughs> like enough, fair enough, same here. I was just like, oh, oh, okay, I'm in between work right now. I like dogs. I guess I'll do it. But I, I, it was really hard to do in the Denver area. There's so few people who like want their dog walked, it seems like, that if you weren't on top of it, and I'm not usually like checking my phone every two minutes. I actually have it on silent most times. And so like, I would just get these messages like, oh, dogs need to be walked. And then I'd look, and they were all taken already. I was like, ah, shit, Feedy got them already. That's right. <laughs> you know what's crazy? You're the third person on this podcast. Who's, that, the, who's the first yeah, besides Feedy? Fullerton. Oh, Jeremy yeah. Fullerton. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He watches dogs. He watches yeah. dogs. I mean, I watch dogs, too. I mainly watch Moe's dogs. Yeah, that's a true uh, story. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, she's got three assholes. I mean, <laughs> one asshole, one really great one, another really good big one. Mo, you said <laughs> one of your dogs <laughs> is off to doggy camp because... <laughs> It needs to be disciplined a bit. Oh, man, this better be Biscuit. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. <laughs> yeah, Gimp Biscuit's a little too full psycho sometimes, so uh, I'm going to be in <laughs> Horseshoe Canyon Ranch for a week or two next month, and so we're going to drop our F at Sleepaway Camp. Oh, <laughs> You're going to come, come back, back and she's going to be an angel. Or yeah. Yeah, that or ha. she's just going to be broken and like devoid of <laughs> everything that made like her. Or third option, she's eaten three other dogs. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen a video of Gimp Biscuit. Yeah. And that is the cutest dog ever. She's pretty special. But a psycho. 100% psycho. Okay. <laughs> no more dog talk. Anyway, Mo, yeah. let's talk. I, mean, I could do like an hour talking about my dog. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know we all could. We're all dog owners. Um... <laughs> How did you get into climbing? <clears throat> I believe it had something to do with a Girl Scout camp. Yeah. Uh, oh, hell yeah. So I'm so much older than Emmett that I started climbing outside. You're so cool. <laughs> because... I'm so much older than all of you people. <laughs> there were no climbing gyms. No, so there, was no, uh, there was no such thing as I mean, climbing like, when yeah, I started. Yeah, there were a couple, I'm sure, but like not, you know, not like today, uh, especially not where I grew up. So yeah, Northern Maine, uh, they have these big glacial erratic boulders everywhere, like the size mm-hmm. of houses. Um, and I happened to go to this super rad Girl Scout camp. It's funny, like my Girl Scout troop was pretty lame, but Girl Scout <laughs> camp kicked ass. Like hell yeah, archery, and they didn't care if we set the arrows on fire now and then. Like, Whoa, like that is a yeah. score, dude. Like this Yo, place is dope. And <laughs> just give her my backstory. Just tell hers. Yeah. And uh, and I got pretty. So I still wore a prosthetic back then, and all the activities were. Mm. It was like duct tape my arm to something. 
there's always a solution like canoeing, duct tape the arm to the canoe, archery, yeah. duct tape the boat. To the- duct tape. And so with oh, no. rock climbing, there was just no solution. They're like, oh, yeah. I guess, you know, if you want to sit this one out, you can. And I was kind of like a, I guess, biscuit ticks after her mom. I was probably a little asshole <laughs> as well. <laughs> and, uh, you know, when I got told that option, I was just like, screw you, yeah. I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, and I kind of did it. Like, I probably didn't do it well, and I probably didn't get to the top <laughs> or anything, but... You know, I was, it was kind of like when you're about to put your clothes away and then your mom's like, oh, put away your clothes. And you're just like, well, guess 100% not putting away my clothes now. It was that kind of reaction where I was just like, oh, you think I can? All right, well, up yours. Yeah, and like, you know, I played sports too, mm-hmm. um, soccer, but like, you know, I was the goalie. So I've always made poor choices with my, you know, wow. what I was given. The only Dude. hand related. The only hand, yeah. Picking <laughs> the path of most resistance. Yeah. Since this is an audio cast, uh, I'm missing a hand. Oh, yeah. right. <laughs> we'll, we'll go over that in the intro. Yes. <laughs> right, yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, wait. Uh, we didn't even know. <laughs> you really should have told your coach that. Yeah. <laughs> now, does all my pushback on campusing make sense? Um, <laughs> no, no excuses. Uh, Get powerful. So, like, so I was 12. And for some reason, and I don't think any climber can articulate why climbing versus other things. Um, yeah. But the climbing stuck with me more than the archery, climbing archery and, and Flaming archery. <laughs> yeah, hold on. Unbelievably <laughs> badass, but I don't I'll think they do that it. there anymore. Did I think this no was again. I'm way. old. Back when you could light things on fire. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but it just kind of stuck with me, and I grew up. I lived right outside of Acadia National Park, which has phenomenal rock climbing. Mm-hmm. And so all through you know middle school and high school, I would save up my babysitting money or job money, and like maybe twice a year have a guy take me out. But my parents weren't climbers. And there wasn't really like a culture of climbing there. Like if you were to move to Boulder as a non-climber, there's mm-hmm. meetup groups, there's, you know, yeah. gyms, yeah. but you know, middle of nowhere, Maine, I mean, maybe back then there were 20 year round climbers in yeah. that area. Uh, so it was just guiding. And then, um, I kind of picked my college based on climbing. I wasn't, you know, addicted yet, but I was just thinking, oh, if I go someplace mm-hmm. cool, I could rock climb some more. That was Vermont. Oh yeah. I went to university of Vermont, Groovy UV. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> and you know, I picked an easy major. Uh, so I could climb more and be outside more. What was your major? Forestry, which actually, which actually is <laughs> was amazing. That easy? Um, I have a yeah, bunch of friends you know, it's like it's it's a very it's about a holistic mindset towards problem solving and the environment, which is really cool. Oh, badass! You know, it wasn't just lumber janing, um, which I'm really bad <laughs> at. And actually, I did pass on axe skills because and chainsaw skills because I was like, you know, okay, there's some things maybe I honestly should accept I shouldn't do, and probably. <laughs> 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 Probably chainsaw wrangling might be among those things I can just say, yeah, I'll I know a lot of people that shouldn't even touch a chainsaw. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I started climbing there. I got really involved in the outing club. And by the end of my four years, I was a guide for EMS climbing schools and ran the collegiate Holy climbing crap. programs. Awesome. Yeah. Isn't that how you met your husband as well? It is, yeah. yeah. Um, I was his boss at the climbing wall. <laughs> yeah. I hope that set the tone and we had for your a, entire relationship. So we had this like cool outdoorsy college, and it's still the same shitty climbing wall. It's mm. like painted plywood. Oh yeah, you know, grody. <laughs> like at the college, it's at University it? of Vermont, which is supposed to be like the big one of the best outdoor schools in the in the country. Wow, yeah. crazy! So. Spending their money elsewhere. Yeah. So you got into climbing. I read something where. You posted on, you were talking about your old, I'm old, <laughs> rockclimbing.com used to be a thing. I mean, it's still there, but yeah. it's kind of uh, rugged. <laughs> you wrote that you were going to like screw an ice axe into your prosthetic and you asked for advice on rockclimbing.com. Yeah, so I decided my senior year of college, uh, so there's not much to do in Vermont in the winter, um, even skiing is miserable. 
Uh, but ice climbing sounded really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just looked cool. And like, what's more badass than swinging axes and having spikes in your toes? And, I know. You know, it's just, it's, it's it so seems cool. cool. Didn't we just talk about how you shouldn't be handling things like a chainsaw? Yeah, but this is stationary. So uh. it seems better. Um, <laughs> and I had this whitewater kayaking arm that I was just like, oh, it's kind of all sport. I had this like screw part where you could screw different attachments in. And I was like, well, why don't we just make an axe arm? Um, and so <laughs> obvious choice. And so we just got this old Trango tool, chopped the handle off, countersunk a wedge of steel into it with a screw that screwed into my arm. And yeah, when it was done, I was just like, I just decided to like share a mountain or rockclimbing.com. And who was on there but Malcolm Daly, founder of Trango. Um, and also by this point, an amputee himself after a mountaineering accident in Alaska, mm-hmm. his first words were just like, yeah, it looks good. Just don't sue me. Like, <laughs> don't sue me if you do kids up in it. <laughs> But then he also said, hey, I don't know if you heard, but we have this uh, adaptive ice festival going on yeah. in Uray, Colorado. It's the first or second year it's happening. It's called Gimson Ice. You should come. And I always avoided, I didn't consider myself disabled. I didn't mm-hmm. do like the collegiate adaptive stuff. Like I was just like, oh, disabled people and adaptive programs are for sissies. Like my parents had me do a basketball camp once and it was just super lame. Um, <laughs> you know, it was a lot of volunteers being like, good for you. Uh, you tied your shoes. Yeah, or, like, or like you go for a shot and completely miss. And they're like, good for trying. And I'm like, I'm not here to try. I'm here to win. So to fucking yeah. take that three-pointer. <laughs> so, so, I mean, maybe. And like, it's the kind of place where they didn't just accept that not everyone can play basketball. And I was just like, <laughs> I don't know. I didn't like those programs where it's just everyone's a winner. I was too competitive. And, and yeah. just like, and again, yeah. I didn't identify with being disabled. And it's it wasn't, like coddling. Yeah, exactly. Oh, like I wasn't, it wasn't going to make me better. Um, but when Malcolm reached out to me and, and he said the program's called Gimps on Ice, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> right up my okay, alley. All right, we'll see. Drink biscuit. And it just happened that you know uh, my husband's from Telluride, which is right next door, so we timed mm. it with spring break, and I went and um, I learned how to ice climb the correct way from those guys, and that was the first night I drank straight whiskey out of someone's <laughs> leg. Uh, as as one does that's right and uh you know we like lost some wheelchair folks into snowbanks and we're just like oh yeah yeah it was rowdy and then i was like oh just because you're disabled doesn't mean you're a wimp like or like or boring or something like oh okay you need to be calm so these guys just like guys and girls just like crushed Mm -hmm. all day in the ice park like no excuses and then partied so hard (laughs) i think there's still hot tubs we're not allowed back in (laughs) and i was just like okay these are my people so that was kind of my first foray uh into like the world of being Mm -hmm. like a self-identifying adaptive sports person yeah i read too um on your blog that you grew up and you kind of didn't have the experience of anybody poking fun at you or give, no, that, I found that really unique. It's really, it's, it's kind of, it's almost too bad because a lot of times, yeah, like, how did I, you escape I get, that? I, I get parents didn't. of like kids, like uh, you know, I'm in this limb loss awareness group, and the parents come in, they're like, oh, I just got our X week scan and found out my kid has one limb, and like, what advice do you have? Like, like my kid's getting bullied, and I'm just like, I never got bullied. Yeah, and I think it's because like my first day of kindergarten, I had this myelectric prosthetic, which is a robot hand. So yeah. kids are like, oh, cool. Yeah, and then I punch, <laughs> and then I punch this one kid in the nuts, and. Now wait a minute. Wait, you're you're smiling back. really big right now, and I can tell you that would be 
that's a very uncomfortable experience. Yeah, I know. Well, here's the, the thing. With the robot yeah, I, I don't know. They're kindergartners. So, so <laughs> no, I kind of vividly remember his reaction. Okay. It was not a <laughs> Yikes. Um, <laughs> My time to screw him. <laughs> I think it just set the bar that yeah. this isn't something I'm trying to hide or I'm ashamed over that makes me weak. I'm like, this thing makes me stronger. Yeah. And yeah. I'm cool and I am proud He's of made it. A statement. And Mike Fitzsimmons might never have kids now. <laughs> so, <laughs> is his name really Mike Fitzsimmons? Is that Mike Fitzsimmons or Mike Tupper? Eric and Mike. Thunderclingpodcast at gmail.com. Mike, go ahead and get a hold of <laughs> yeah, us. We want to have an episode with uh, you and Mo reconciling. Yeah, yeah maybe I we think we actually have friends after that. Okay. I think you, you maybe with... when you're that little, you bounce faster yeah, yeah, yeah. or something. Yeah. But oh, sure. yeah, I think it was just this baseline of always being proud of it and never hiding it. Or And like my parents didn't coddle me. So, you know, I think that just, that's what it was is... That's awesome. They didn't, you know, the bullies didn't sense the weakness or something. I don't know. But I was always just like, check this out. I can like <laughs> squish a bottle or like break things with it. Yeah. Man, if I was, yeah, if you're a kid, that's just like fucking amazing. Yeah. Somebody has a robot hand. And kids are great. Like, yeah, they're little asshole bullies. But at the same time, like even now, instead of staring at me side eye like adults do, they'll just come up to me and poke like, me wow. and be like, what's that? Yeah. yeah. And if you just answer them, instead of being like, oh, nothing, like, you know. Yeah. Kids are great. <laughs> no, it's totally true. So I saw on your blog posts, one of your blog posts recently, uh, you were writing that you were searching for the coach, a coach after realizing that you didn't really know what you were doing with your training. Mm-hmm. And so I'm curious, how did you meet this fine gentleman over here, this young Emmett? So Evo had just opened. Mm-hmm. Um, so Evo is a gym in Louisville, yeah. Colorado. We and should I, say that. Yeah. And I was yeah. working in Boulder. Um, but Evo was appealing to me because the Boulder gyms are crowdy and can be kind of douchey. So yeah. I liked the idea of yeah. getting out of the bubble. Um, and they right off the bat had this like adult training class. And I was just like, cool. And it was after hours. So you got to like blast music. And it was oh, just like, really? yeah, it was just like oh, yeah. after close. And it was like 12 people maybe running around. Um, and Emmett got tasked the job of being the coach. <laughs> Was Lynn working there at this time? Yeah, I think Lynn was working there at this time. Um, but yeah, we definitely got to blast whatever music we wanted. <laughs> I played a lot of Space Jam radio on Pandora. <laughs> yeah, That's buddy. a really good way to get them okay. to, to get motivated. Listen I also up. yelled at them a lot, which I think is what... And it wasn't my first coach group coaching experience. Um, I tried a couple times before to do like adaptive only. Like We, we kind of had a fits and starts adaptive team going to Earth Tracks, but it was just too hard. And I realized I needed to focus on myself. Yeah. Um, I remember seeing you at Earth Tracks. It used to, that used to be my home gym. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One Golden. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and then I don't know when I started working with you. Well, yeah, I don't remember. Uh, I don't remember exactly. <laughs> well, okay, actually, it, what, one sec about you, Emmett. Was that yeah. your first coaching experience there at Evo? No, um, no. Uh, so my you, oh, you'd been coaching up in Washington. Well, so I coached down. Um, so once I quit Amazon and I moved down to Austin, Texas, I moved into my car. And started um, as an assistant coach. I love it how on a climbing podcast, nobody bats an eye when you say oh, yeah, that. No, Everybody's like, just yeah, like, uh-huh, uh-huh. no, like, yeah, I, mean, as, I went, as you okay, do. I took over, I took a, <laughs> I calculated this out the other day. I took a $97,000 pay cut to become a climbing coach. Oh. And so that doesn't really like making. Sounds like a terrible thing to calculate. Making, yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> Honestly, it, making $8,000 a year doesn't really lend you to living anywhere in Austin, but a parking lot. That's, that's exactly right. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I started coaching for the team that I originally started like really climbing with, um, Team ARG, which had changed to ATX at the time. 
um, head coach John Myrick. Hey John, if you're listening, um, shout out Maestro. I'm, shout, I'm just gonna do, I'm just doing a ton of shout outs, man. This is this is my life. Let's do it. Um, but then uh, yeah, so I I did that. I was still working with Justin, and eventually Justin made a post on his Instagram about how he was looking for coaches, assistant coaches for his new team that he was starting up at Evo, mm-hmm. and I was like, hey. I've been working with you for this long. You know about me. I'm a coach. Would you be like able to get me some sort of an interview or something? I would love to move to Colorado because Texas is great. I loved my time in Austin, but Colorado has rocks that are close by. <laughs> Texas has some rocks that are close by. But Austin's so got great. a pretty good climbing scene though, yeah? It's got a decent climbing scene. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we have Austin Bouldering Project. We have Crux Climbing Center, um, the Austin Rock Gym where I started setting and coaching. Like, it's a great scene. It's just that like, I don't know. I thought maybe I could learn more in a different spot. And yeah. it was a good opportunity that I, I might be able to get. And I totally got it. But uh, no, when I first moved here, um, my first day was exclusively setting. But then uh, starting that next Monday was when I probably met Lynn and just started coaching. And so I was an assistant coach there as on, for the youth team. Yeah. Like almost instantly. Nice. Yeah. And then how did you guys start working together as coach and climber so apparently <clears throat> mo doesn't remember but um <laughs> and that's okay so after the first yeah, session you can see of, that i'm at right now you can no see. it's okay she doesn't even like give me shout outs it's because ever. we became friends first um, <laughs> well okay so what i distinctly remember was uh seeing mo on the treadmill and like congratulating her on her um win at the uh edinburgh uh world cup right you won gold there in Scotland? I did win gold there. I'm not sure about the timeline. I'm pretty sure. Okay, all right. Yeah, because it was 2017. <laughs> yep. And, um, after adult training. It was after adult okay, training. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. after adult training. So adult training. We had, we had, done, we had <laughs> done adult training at Evo Rock and Fitness. After hours. <laughs> oh, that sounds kind of sexy, actually. Yeah, it was really fun. Um, yeah. I, I, and, and, but um, she was like, yeah, you know, I think next year I'm going to need a coach. And I was like, oh, cool. Well, you know, we've worked together and I know you like my style. And she goes, yeah, I really need someone to yell at me. And I go, I'm your man. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right so, guy. cause like where I was coming from, it's like, I read all the training books. I could make mm-hmm. my own training plan, oh, yeah, but I, I don't still. Right. And even if I do, I don't necessarily follow it. So I'm someone who needs accountability. Yeah, like, yeah. I need some. I need someone to see me bragging about my Domino's launch on Instagram and getting a text that's like, "So like, I just added another that. twenty minutes to your cardio for this week." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So um, she knew I, I was good at yelling at people, but making it fun. Um, huh. And uh, and I just told her, "Yeah, if, if you ever need coaching, let me know." And you know, things just kept going. I would see her in the gym all the time. And I think eventually, in like December or January of 2017 i guess because it was 28 when was it some point she was just like you know what i actually do need coaching but i can't pay you and i was like (laughs) uh mm, no and she's like i can give you free stuff from the north face and i was like oh all right let's see how this works yeah i'll take a backpack why not (laughs) and i mean you were living in the parking lot at evo as well i mean you were still um i think at that point i had actually a van though i had moved out at that point um, so, so and, and just not to make me sound like a total cheap ass. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah, uh, we'll finish this up. Okay, we'll finish right. this up. Don't worry. Um, but like, I had moved out at that point. I'd actually probably been head coach at that point. Is my guess. I think so. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, yeah, she, you know, 
she said, I can't really pay you right now, but let's do it this way. And I was like, yeah, that's fine. That actually sounds really cool. I'd love to work with uh, an adaptive athlete and like maybe go to nationals and see what that's all about. Yeah. Um, and so we started training for adaptive nationals in 2018. Um, and I remember Mo up to that, or even during that point, still focused a lot on just like climbing as much as possible. And I remember seeing her in the gym and being like, hey, are you doing the things I told you to do? And just like going after it, going after it, going after it. <laughs> and uh, eventually she started doing it. And then, I mean, okay, to this point, she does pay me now. Um, <laughs> well done. And, no. uh, and she did get like, she reimbursed me um, for my travel and everything like that up yeah. to nationals and everything like that. It was just, uh, I think probably just a little bit of like hesitation at the start on both of our parts to no I was broke I had to wait for okay that she was broke. <laughs> yeah she, she was waiting on a, a north face contract or something oh yeah it was. I'm actually still waiting <laughs> yeah, on that as well <laughs> yeah uh me too did you, did you get um, yours yet still waiting still waiting yeah okay. yeah no I'm I'm in like a I don't know some sort of limbo period where they just don't email me they said they said <laughs> I mean I still can't eat but I can pay them it <laughs> They said fuck no to me. <laughs> hold on, hold on. But I take that as waiting. Mo routinely describes me as one of the cheapest coaches she's ever seen. That's, how I, that's how I sell him. <laughs> He's so cheap. Oh, like pay-wise? Yeah. yeah. Like, wow. I don't how does that make you feel, isn't it? <laughs> Great. Um, because it probably means I might get some more athletes. Damn maybe right. Maybe one day. <laughs> well, hopefully after this. Well, I have a question for you, Mo. Let's backtrack. Mm -hmm. How did you get into comp climbing? Like, when did you take the plunge? So the very first ever adaptive climbing competition um, that was not on a plexiglass pool wall was the 2013 Vail Mountain Games. They had an adaptive category at their citizens comp. Um, oh. And these two guys have been doing a lot of work to grow the adaptive climbing community. One most people have heard of, Craig DiMartito. Yep. And one not a lot of people have heard of, Ronnie Dixon. Ronnie. Oh, um, yeah. I have a side story of Ronnie Dixon. I was we were camped at Joe's Valley and at night, we saw him oh. climb uh, Resident mm -hmm. Evil. Yeah, the V10. It Wait, did you see the send of Resident Evil? Saw the send. Hell they yeah. Had, they had the whole boulder lit up, and we were at the New Joe's campsite. Oh, so you saw it from afar. Yes. That's super cool. From like, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 600 yards away, yeah. and just watching Ronnie's session, and when he sent, it was like this explosion yeah. <laughs> of his crew, and the whole thing was lit up, and we were clinking beers at our campsite. Hell yeah, that's right. That fucking yeah, Ronnie's anyway, a rad dude, but it's like awesome. relatively under the radar. Like, yeah, when, yeah a little when, bit. When it's like, him and Craig in the room, people know who Craig is, not Ronnie. Oh, for sure. Um, but they had, you know, convinced USAC to add an adaptive category, and then they just pounded pavement to be like, hey, you rock climb, you're missing something, come out. Um, and they got funding. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we were. <laughs> we still do that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he got his work to, like, he worked for Prosthetics Office, and he got his work to, like, buy a condo, and it was just littered what with bodies, awesome. like, wheelchairs. Like, again, we brought a keg, we ruled a keg up the stairs, and... Oh, man. Man, I um, love you guys. Oh, dude, they party so hard. I just, I love it. Like, I love it. You're and that was the first fucking one. fucking world champion, just like <laughs> pounding beers. Oh and my God, all day. And uh, so that was the first one. There was uh, maybe 13 of us and uh -huh. it pissed me off that I got fourth and I didn't get a medal. Um, in your again, first comp. In my first comp. But then again, like, you know, I was competing against people that had arms, missing legs and typically they're stronger. I hadn't yeah. trained. Like at this point, I even gym climb. I went like maybe twice um, I had moved to Denver by then, but I was maybe going twice a month to the gym. It was just mm -hmm. a very casual thing. But I still felt so insulted in my soul that I identified <laughs> as a rock climber and couldn't and didn't podium. Um, 
And then the next year was the first ever Adaptive Nationals in Atlanta. Um, and I wasn't going to go, wasn't going to go, didn't care enough. And then last minute I booked a ticket uh, <laughs> to Atlanta in June, which is heinous. Oh, oh yeah. my gosh. Um, at, at the Stone Summit. And I went and I won out of one. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You were the only one. I was one the only one in that category. Um, and I was just like, this is actually really fun because, it, again, it was like hard partying. Um, <laughs> There's a trend. Yeah, I, I, I just sensing like, this. I just like once the I'm comp was over, notes. like you know, Ronnie had pretty much put on this comp again, um, and his relief was just like we, we could just send him shots at the hotel bar and he would take them, and it was just you know <laughs> awesome. Uh, but it was just cool. I was like, okay, so here's another crew. It's not the same as the Gimson Ice crew. Totally different people. Um, but I'm just like, oh, they're also people first, not like coddled. They're, they're rock climbers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, but then I found out by winning. Um, I got a spot on the U.S. team to go to Spain that fall to compete at Worlds. Awesome. This is what I wanted to hear this story because this is like this a will tie in later. To fucking how whirlwind yeah. situation you're in right yeah. now. Um, and so the IFSC, this is the first, second ever actually World Championships. The first was in 2012, where paraclimbing was a part of the, the World Championships. So this, they're up there with lead and speed. Um, with the pros, like you warmed up next to Adam Andra, kind of oh. kind of shit. It's crazy. So cool. Um, oh. And. <laughs> And I had actually never traveled abroad, like Canada, sure, but like that was your first trip. It was my first country. trip abroad, and to the world championship. I probably never would have gone. Like traveling abroad is intimidating, but because oh, yeah. I had this ticket, um, unpaid for, but you know, I had a ticket, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> permission to go, and you know, I'm like, I'm like John Wayne Patriot, like I was just like, oh, I can go and represent my country and like wear the uniform, um, and it oh, was yeah. amazing. And there, I finally had competition. I was like, here's girls I need to beat. And that's when I started training, but you know, I was still at such a low level of climbing that I just climbed my ass off for like three mm-hmm. months um, and improved greatly. Yeah. Showed up to Gijon, Spain, and it was just mind blown. This wall was so steep and so huge, um, and it was crazy. Um, and I ended up winning there. Like, I actually beat people. And I think the oh. reason I won wasn't necessarily because I was stronger, but I had been climbing the longest. So I was able to like root read and knew how to rest and yeah. stuff. Um, and that was it. I was just like, I'm doing this again. Um, but yeah, it, 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 we were on the exact same wall as Adam Andra and like warming up backstage. This is like pre Yanya was probably 12 at this point, but like, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, but this yeah. is just like, it was insane. Um, and then wow. the next year I had so much fun. So world championships every two mm-hmm. years. So the next year I did my first ever paraclimbing world cup in Sheffield. Um, that was a bit of a junk show. That was Why like, is that? so like when paraclimbing is with the world championships, it's got all of the, the stage and the attention, mm-hmm. which means that the details are taken care of. The organizers take it seriously. Um, when it's, when it's a paraclimbing cup on its own, it's just like, a poorly executed local they forget we're there so they actually had us running in conjunction with the bmc youth national championships <laughs> mm-hmm. they shoved us in there yeah and my routes were i had trained my ass off because i was like after yeah. spain i was like i want to be a real athlete i want to be the best like i want to top route it's not just mm-hmm. like get the highest on them i want to top and i show up to manchester and they're like two five sevens and a five nine Oh god! And I actually boofed one of the qualifiers because there's this kid in the balcony behind me as I was climbing this five seven, and he's going, "I believe in you. You can do it." <laughs> and I started laughing so hard, I just like <laughs> oh, you got I the fell giggles. off this five seven. No <laughs> but way! I was, wait, really? I, haven't told, I haven't told you the story. No, oh you my have god! Not. Okay, okay, that is messed you up. You can do it. I believe. <laughs> I believe in you. You can do it. Uh, oh my god but i was just like whatever i know i'm stronger than these girls uh (laughs) finals tomorrow will be like a legit hard route and i'll just crush Uh, them there and instead it was five nine ish so we all topped so the tiebacks went to 
qualies, so I got a bronze. And but when I asked the organizers, I was like, hey, I earned bronze, totally, like not arguing mm-hmm. that. But these routes were just like, yeah. they're too easy. What are you talking about? And he was like, oh, we just all get so inspired when you all get to the top. Uh, and I was just like, what? Uh, he and said the I word. He said the I word. Mm-hmm. And then this. I, we, I know not to say that word. I'm not <laughs> going to say that word. Oh, yeah, no, that, that word's pretty bad. That, it's I think verboten. That's, that's one of the reasons I think Mo liked me was because when she was in my adult training group, I still just kicked her ass like everyone else. <laughs> You're like, you like, don't I, fucking this, inspire me yeah, at all with this work I, ethic. I climb harder than you. You're not inspiring me at all, Mo. Get out of here. <laughs> this, might be, this might be a good educational moment for listeners who... Like, oh, that's a whole segue. What are some things people say out of ignorance? So like, the I word itself isn't bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so if people can give context to like why it's inspired, so I kind of equate it to when you find out someone's a vet and you're just like, oh, thank you for your service. Yeah. But you don't know anything about them. You haven't actually invested in their story. You don't know what their background mm-hmm. is. It's yeah. a very hollow gratitude. And I think that's what you, oh, you're so inspirational for. Like, especially when people say, I'm not even climbing. I'm just like tying my shoes. Like <laughs> you're so inspirational. Um, and, and, <laughs> that and I chew on it, right? Double back loop, double knot you did. <laughs> is really so inspirational I've, I've been at TSA where someone walks up to me and he's like ma'am can I help you tie your boots and I'm just like uh what uh what like why don't you just be like yes yeah you sir. know what just uh, yeah, stick out your leg and be will. like please I think this guy's like I've had 30 years of practice I'm good thanks but uh <laughs> no and um and so I struggled to articulate why why yeah, does it feel so hard. bad it's like really hard. but what I settled on is it's actually exclusionary because when someone says you're so inspirational yeah it's like oh I'm surprised to see you at the climbing gym which means that's not your space. You're not supposed to be mm-hmm. here. And even if it's like, oh, welcome to the gym. You're so inspirational for being here. It's still this like step back of, oh, this isn't my yeah, space. Under the context that like you don't really. I wasn't expecting not, you yeah, here. Yeah. So yeah, totally. I think that's why you're kind of just like, ugh. Yeah. Cringy. I mean, it goes back to also like the <laughs> whole like, look, I'm just, you know. Climbing's a <laughs> dumb sport. I'm doing it along <laughs> with you. <laughs> exactly. We're not curing cancer here. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is there a climber out there that's going to care? Well, fucking Adam Andre actually might. Care. Uh, <laughs> Jesus yeah, Christ. Yell hard actually, there are quite away. a few of the adaptive climbers that are uh, in cancer research because they've been affected by cancer. So a bunch of them, many, many are in the prosthetics field, which mm-hmm. means they're all math smart. Uh, and then many are actually doctors. Yeah. Because, maybe they're yeah. going to care. Yeah. Cancer. There's potentially like I can think of Adam, mm-hmm, maybe. Mm-hmm. Who else? Um, yeah. Krista does like environmental research and like. Oh, uh, yeah. 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 Someone will do it. Yeah. Someone will do it. Well, yeah. well, I would find that inspirational. Yeah. So, I mean, so yeah. you're identifying yeah, yeah. something. So like uh, if someone's just like you're inspiring because you you don't give up. Like that's something. That's actually yeah. something versus just like you're so inspirational. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I find your story inspirational because of what we just talked about. How you like just jumped right into fucking comp climbing and that year you're a world champion. So here's the thing. Dude, that is, <laughs> I mean, that's really bonkers. I think if I had jumped into comp climbing and the field was 20 deep and I had gotten 12th, it would have been easier to quit. I think I definitely yeah. got suckered in because I was like, oh, I'm winning. I'm, like, why wouldn't you go back, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, in Sheffield, um, like that was an IFSC paraclimbing world cup. No one from the IFSC was even there, I don't think. Like, We're going to talk more about that yeah. later. <laughs> yeah. Grab a hole. Oh yeah, let's not get into that. Okay, not yeah. yet. Yeah. Not yet. You were gonna say. But something. then it's like then Paris the next year was with everybody mm-hmm. else. Yeah, and it was amazing. Snuck that one out. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you had the same problem there, kind of where the roots for the final ended up. So being that way was too another one again. where they planned poorly because yeah. um, this is the first year. Paris is the first year they brought bouldering into the world championships mm-hmm. versus having their separate. And they just tried to pack it all into a week. And the only way they could figure out how to keep paraclimbing involved, which they did. Uh, was to put us on the speed wall for most of it. And so here we had been training for like two years in Spain for like yeah. some overhanging, gnarly, you know, comp stuff. We show up around like technical slabs on the speed wall. Mm. Um, speed wall is five degrees <laughs> overhanging for everyone. Five uh, degrees. Which, which five in the degrees. comp world is a slab. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it is because slab. of the amount of, um, amount of volumes they're giving you. And yeah, it was, the qualities were hard, um, but this new girl and I like fell at the exact same spot. We're both missing our left hand. Mm-hmm. And so like we're pretty well matched. We even, we even built the same. Who? Melinda. Oh, Melinda. Yeah. Hey, Melinda. <laughs> shout out to <laughs> Melinda from out. Hungary. Another shout oh, out. Melinda from Hungary. Uh, there we go. <laughs> and yeah, so finals, we both topped. And somehow I went last. I don't know if it's because I was ranked higher from the last year. Yeah. But I was backstage. And you're not supposed to know how the last competitor did. But I could hear the crowd. <laughs> and, I, and I understood enough French to be like, Melinda with the top. And I was just like, fuck, now I have to top yeah. this thing and fast. And so because it was like maybe 10C, 10D, I was able to just get out there and like deep breath and just like got a crank. Yeah. And you did it. I did it. I beat her by like kind of a lot too. It was like, yeah. it was like 40. Suck it, Melinda. For yeah. Yeah. Here's another <laughs> shout out, Melinda. <laughs> Hope Try next time. It was like 45 second difference. So that, that's, yeah, that's yeah. substantial. But because I've been training, because I've been training for like 512 Steve's, so I was able to be like, I got this bitch like you know yeah. like, <laughs> um just a side note melinda did beat mo in the most recent world championships yeah well i'm just curious <laughs> has this issue of them essentially consistently underestimating the field been somewhat resolved or is it still a problem it's it's a mixed bag so after paris i did another uh-huh. world cup i wasn't going to but then there was one in scotland and i was like oh i love scotch let's go, let's go to scotland. <laughs> <laughs> um perfect and that one was so in paris we ran into a problem where they made up this new rule where if there mm-hmm. weren't a minimum number of athletes per category they would cancel it wow and okay. paraclimbing there's still not that many people in wheelchairs willing to fork over three grand to get to the other yeah. side of the world to compete Absolutely. and so we had about a hundred athletes register for paris and after cuts only 50 competed it's actually shrank from the last world championships okay. they like self-imposed these stupid rules that throttled the growth they took that feedback and after that they started merging so like okay. if there is not enough of these people here's a category they can merge into i see um and that's what happened in scotland and the routes were fantastic um and i got merged into rp2 which means okay. that the women have their limbs um they're just a little wonky it's like limited range and power mm-hmm. but the, ch- the, p- the girls I were up against, they're just like, they climb like 512 plus and like they're always posting videos of them hangboarding all ripped. And I was like, cool, I'm going to go for fun. I'm going to lose and like whatever. <laughs> um, but I ended up eking out a win there. I don't know Hell why. Man, yeah. that's amazing. Uh, like, just a reminder, I had Coach Mo yes. in the adult training <laughs> program prior to this. A little and, quick PSA uh, for a bit here. When actually leading up to it is when Cedar Wright had me training because as of, yeah, I had not sent that 512 project and yep. his movie was due soon. He's oh. like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Mo, come on. So, <laughs> so Scotland was a break, but um, it was it was still really cool. I went into finals in like fourth or fifth place and just like got a high point, fell and was like, cool, that's that, like time to drink. And as I am watching the rest of the girls, I kept falling off below me. And I'm like, oh, I guess I got third. Oh, I guess I got second. Ooh. And then I saw Hannah Start fall sweating. and I was like, oh, uh, did I? Yeah, I can't believe you beat Hannah, by the way. I know, Hannah's right? Hannah's so good. <laughs> Man, that is uh, the coachiest thing to say ever right there. Yo, I can't believe you beat Hannah next time if you don't train hard. No, I'm, I'm not like, going Hannah to. Hannah destroyed the most recent world championship. Yeah. Oh, really? She's so, so good. So she yeah. has her leg but can't use it. But because she still physically has it, she's RP, not leg amp. Yeah. Um, but this chick. Oh, man. <laughs> 
Oof. I don't know what happened. I think what happened is it was like a slabby move. So that I was able to have two feet to oh. do that. But then, so I win, peed in front of a lady. That was awesome. That's um, right. And come medal ceremony, I get a BMC trophy. And I was just like, where's my medal? Because when it's an IFSC World Cup, you get an IFSC yeah. medal. And apparently somewhere along the line, the IFSC decided, like they had advertised it. I booked my flights, like got people like sponsor money to go under yep. pretense it's an IFSC World Cup. Yeah. We show up and it's, and it's not. The IFSC had actually canceled it or something. And the BMC stepped up and said, well, we're still going to host these paraclimbers and show them a good time. And it was. It's one of the best comps yeah. I've ever been to. But then on the podium, you find out. What the heck, man? <laughs> I was just like, this is a really cute trophy. Oh, but... where's that medal? <laughs> yeah. I don't understand that. How could you not know as an athlete that the IFSC had dumped it? Mm. And it was still on their schedule leading up to. And the explanation we got was, oh, I mean, I didn't really get one. It was in conjunction with a world lead cup. So like Ashima was there. It was really cool. You know, our, our mm -hmm. team was there. Um, but yeah, come medals. It was not. It was. At least you got a badass trophy to put on it your fireplace. It was cool. Yeah. And I love the BMC. They're, they're fantastic. They're right yeah. up there with USAC and their support of their adaptive climbers. So, um, yeah. Emmett, I have a question for you. Oh, uh, bummer. So you're the USAC paraclimbing coach. Yes. How did that happen? Oh, man. So you're coaching at Evo. Yeah. Let's go from there because congratulations, okay. dude. Thank that's you. like yeah, that's awesome. super incredible. Yeah. Um, uh, so coaching at Evo, started coaching Mo. Uh, we're getting closer to... Um, I think nationals last nationals year. Nationals yeah. last year. Last yeah, year. Yeah. Okay. So it'd be 2018, um, probably around March or April. Because uh, I believe nationals were the end of May. Um, they were late June last year. Were they late June? Yeah. Really? Wow. Those okay. ones in remember Ohio. Remember how sweaty it was? Uh, it was in Ohio. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I just remember it being miserable um, <laughs> and raining. But um, no, I uh, was just coaching Mo, and you know, she was seeing results and everything. And then they posted USA Climbing posted this email out, just like, "Hey, we're looking for these positions for certain things," and on there was. Um, the paraclimbing head coach position. And Mo was like, you should apply for that. I think you'd be good at it. And I was like, I literally have only coached one adaptive athlete. <laughs> it's you. <laughs> like The world champion, though. Yeah, exactly. One of the world champions. Like, I don't know. I, I, I definitely was not very like, oh, I believe in myself. And I put it off. I put it off for so long. Mo was like, have you applied yet? And I was like, no. Oh, I've been talking to so-and-so, and I told him that my coach is going to apply. And I was like, ah, I have to now. Oh, man. Um, it, was, it was definitely a very nervous moment for me because, again, you know, I hadn't been coaching for very long. Um, I only coached one. Yeah, I just had athlete. to pass on some of my dick punching confidence. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. I also like it meant I would have to leave the country, and the only time I've been out of the country was at that point for uh, either Canada or Mexico. Like I and and those were primarily as like a, a high schooler or a college student, mm -hmm. and, like with family, and so it was like a big overall step for me and um eventually i just i did it i did it as best i could i mean i try to take coaching very seriously and very professionally so sent him a kick-ass cover letter all that stuff my resume and um right around before nationals uh they like a week before nationals they told me oh yeah we'd love to have you on as the head coach um and i was like wow this is amazing i'm so excited um Hey, Mo, I probably need to buy a ticket to Nationals this week. Wow, <laughs> man, that's incredible. Do yeah. you, you went through an interview process and all that stuff, though, right? Or they, it was, there was no interview process. It was sight unseen. It was sight unseen. We, everyone who applied sent in um, a resume and a cover letter. 
and I somehow got picked. I and I'm assuming that there were people out there who had been coaching. So it was a little bit of a sandbag because I'm sure in the USA climbing <laughs> office, after having dealt with us for like the last four years, they were just like, "Oh my god, this crew!" Like, <laughs> like if anyone's willing to do this, they can do it. Yeah, <laughs> right. For, I've I've talked to the other coaches, especially the I, Meg um, at USA Climbing, who like helped I think make the decision at the time. Uh, I wasn't the only person who applied. And so again, that just was like, I still can't believe I got this position. And then uh, and then this year, uh, I was at Bouldering Open Nationals and I just walked into isolation and John Muse pulls me aside and goes, hey, we'd like you to be the head coach again this year. And I was like, oh, sick. I have to sit in ISO for five hours, but at least I have some good news to stew on. <laughs> That's awesome, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the thing about Emmett is um, the adaptive community is particular. It's a little different. Um, not everybody can coach them. So like another shout out to Justin, we had Justin do a two day adaptive camp before Paris worlds. Um, we got a grant from challenge athletes foundation. We flew a bunch of our athletes out and we're just like, who's the best coach to do this? Like Justin Jong, he's like one of the more famous coaches and he agreed to do it. And I think he spent most of the two days just like, I don't know what to tell these people. Like I've like, and like to Justin's credit, we were a lot, right? Like we're a lot to deal with, (laughs) but, um, they are, I just think there's this like, (laughs) I think it's possible for lots of people who are otherwise, you know, who are amazing coaches to just be almost like too intimidated. Like, oh, I don't. I can totally like, see that. Like, as a society, we're taught to kind of coddle, I think, disabled people. Um, and so I think some coaches are held back by that. Like, oh, but they're trying really hard. And I don't know if they can try harder. I don't want them to hurt themselves. And like, like I would be climbing and Justin was like, what did you just do with your stump? And I'm like, I don't know. I just climbed, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and no. Emmett from day one was always just like one hand. Cool, whatever. <laughs> so <laughs> I think having that mindset is something that has to come into this for sure how's it been for you uh i mean austria like was how was uh great. was it intimidating when oh, you started for sure i mean even just going to that first adaptive nationals was like what the hell have i gotten myself into who the hell are these people they're like first off they party so damn hard <laughs> like legit they party so <laughs> damn hard i've i've been to plenty of like i was a college athlete i've seen some stuff what the hell was that? Like there was a dude in the bathroom having like a breakdown about, I won't even get into it, but like, it was amazing. Like, and, and tequila same, beer pong, tequila beer pong. Like, what are you guys doing? Whoa. <laughs> beer pong with tequila instead of beer. Uh-huh. Hell yeah. Savage. Jesus. Yeah. Like they, these guys know how to like throw down. That is um, but we usually have someone being like, Oh, it will show us the worst that can happen. <laughs> throw uh, me down the stairs. That was a really good Adam Payne. <laughs> uh, Shout out to Adam Payne. Adam <laughs> Payne. Uh, but no, like even just watching them, like every, everyone climb at nationals, I was like, okay, so it's not just going to be like lower leg and upper uh, amputee uh, categories. It's going to be all types. And, Wow, I just have to learn how to coach everyone through as much movement as they can. Sounds good. Yeah. I just kind of threw myself into it. And like, I definitely made some training plans, some like really generalized training plans for the entire team that were just like bad because it's impossible to make generalized training plans for anyone in the adaptive community because, (laughs) right? Hell, I could have two upper, um, you upper upper amputee uh, athletes like Mo and let's say Trevor in the area. And, uh, Mo's a left hand, uh, or is missing her left hand. Trevor's missing his right. That's entirely different in a lot of ways. Mo has more of her forearm than Trevor, so he can uh, mm-hmm. she can't campus as easily as Trevor can because he can hook a little bit better with his. Like, 
there's just a lot of things. And so I think that like engineering, I have a computer science degree. And so that like engineering background I have, like just let me like, oh, okay, what can I do to make this work for them? You know, like one of the fun things about coaching Mo and some of my other athletes is like, okay, she needs to be able to do push-ups. Okay, we'll just use a yoga block on her left hand. That'll even it out. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, my athlete can't do box jumps. What can I do instead? We'll do step-ups. That's still going to work their quads and they can be explosive through it. Like all that's just some mm-hmm. problem solving. And I really like that. If anything, it almost makes you a better coach, you know, constantly problem solving. Yeah. Yeah. It makes you think a lot more. Yeah. And I think that's what someone like Justin initially sees is they're like, oh man, like I, this is just completely changing everything I know about coaching. Right. Yeah. And that might've been nice about me is that I was still kind of relatively new to it. So it was just like, oh, I don't have this huge base that Justin has to like totally rock my world. I'm just like, Oh, another challenge in coaching. Let's take it. Wow. Well, congratulations, dude. That's amazing. Thank you. Yeah. Um, No, it's a, it's a blast and I'm really looking forward to going to France this year. Oh yeah. Um, And then that's in August, right? Uh, July. So not only did we move across the world, we lost a month of training. Dude, you ate ate a cupcake (laughs) at this. It's July is pretty close. Uh, she's got coach. She's got at least a week of, I'm giving gluttony. All of my, all my athletes need at least two weeks break after nationals in my opinion. So your keg fridge is totally full. It's plugged in. Yeah. Yeah, She she probably bought some expensive scotch. I did good. So like. (laughs) <laughs> I'm getting older. Um, and come G- You're not that old, Jan- though. You I keep feel saying that. It. Oh You're my not God, that old. I feel it. Hey, hey, what Mark, are you? You're yeah. 33? I'm 32, 32. And 30's a brick fucking wall, I tell you. <laughs> well, let me tell you, let me, you, let me tell you something from my experience. You got some choppy waters coming up. <laughs> Holy shit. But no, like, so, so for me to come January, it was just like no booze. I didn't change my diet that much. Um, but like cutting out, not that I'm not saying I was a whole alcoholic, but like the little things like. <laughs> well, you kind of sounded like you might have a problem though. But, um, <laughs> Only yeah. in ice climbing. I mean, this is why I had to retire from ice climbing. <laughs> my, my liver, liver couldn't take it. forced me to retire. Um, and it made me, so I actually, I quit my job last July and went back. At Eldo. At Eldo, yeah. Oh, right on. Uh, but I went back part-time in January because I was like, I'm focusing on training. So I didn't do that great in Innsbruck last year because I'd spent the month before on an alpine expedition in Northern Canada. Mm-hmm. Cirque of the Unclimbables, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yes. which is mostly watching it rain. So like. All- I wanted to ask you about the <laughs> poop. Apocalypse yeah. <laughs> that happened there as well. You're finishing a story, but okay. maybe we can round back um, to that. So I was in I was in bad shape. Like my thighs were all muscly, and like I could hike like a champ, but like my arms. <laughs> were... She was really good at like five nine slap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like I look <laughs> that, at that pictures. Ain't win you the gold. I look at pictures of me from Innsbruck, and I'm just like, oh my god, it's awful. Um, <laughs> I'm not shocked. I'm actually stoked I got third. Yeah, because uh, I was not in great shape. Plus, this new French girl weighs like eighty pounds is young and spry and climbs really hard and she's crushing so she's, she's crushing. gonna be your main competition so i was oh, yeah. i was like yeah. kind of hoping innsbruck i'm always on my my last world championship so i thought innsbruck was gonna be my last oh, wow. and then it's not so much that i lost but that i wasn't the best i could be mm-hmm. um so Had then I'm, so then i got home i was like all right come january like for 20 what year is it 2019 i'm not doing any fun expeditions no outside climbing because i do want to eventually focus on expeditions and outside climbing yeah but i have i want to do one season right of comp climbing yeah. So starting in January, it was like, fix the diet, train hard. And I was like, Emma, I'm only working part-time, like work me. Like whatever you, whatever you used to give me for a training plan, double it. Cause oh, yeah. I have time. Oh, oh, this yeah. is getting her me training so plan, fucking pumped up. Her Keep training going. plan was so much fun to make this year. <laughs> like so much fun. I wanted to ask about this. Both and I t- added orange theory. Oh, I do yeah. four times a week. Oh yeah. Cause oh, I hate running. 
I yes. hate running, but Orange Theory is a ton of money and super. <laughs> and people yell at you. And people yell there's at a, you. There's a, there's a theme to Mo's yeah, coaching. I mean, <laughs> she really likes people just yeah yelling at her. They're a little more positive at Orange Theory. It's more of a you can do it, believe in yourself. Oh, than no, that's st- not my stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you look to Emmett for the opposite of <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But um, just like, God, it's so cheesy. But like the last three months, like, like Emmett was just saying, I haven't seen him until nationals for like maybe six weeks. Yeah, yeah, she just kind of went off the radar. It doesn't help that you climb at Evo still, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and I, I haven't been back there in a while, so. And I travel a lot, do work for Paradox North Face, and I'm always everywhere, but I managed yeah. to to kick my own butt this spring, and nationals went really well for me. That's <laughs> <Nice>. awesome. Super <laughs> well. That's so exciting. Super well. When does the training start for the Worlds? I think Monday. Oh, <laughs> uh, I think you should take another week off. Personally, <laughs> we could start on the eighth, but I was thinking of fifteenth. But I also went back to Orange Theory this morning because to me that counts as resting because it's not training for climbing oh, necessarily, man. and promptly like threw out my knee. So yeah, oh, you did. That. Yeah, I mean running so dumb. Like my worst injuries have come from running. Dude, yes. uh, what do you have to say to that, Emmett? Um, running so dumb. Well, okay, so I kind of agree. Um, <laughs> uh, says the guy with the run tattoo on his arm. But um, no, uh, running is dumb for people who aren't invested only in running running will help you at running and maybe bicycling like like (laughs) cycling i guess is the correct term but like uh just like running is only good for running uh it's not useful help me cut weight it's not useful for climbing in any (laughs) other way that it'll help you cut weight but you can't focus on a cardio sport while performing a strength power sport in my opinion sure so last summer i tore my a2 did a partial tear of the a2 at the Vail mountain games again yep Uh, Actually, like, like a month before nationals, maybe. I was, oh, I was, man. I was there for that. Yeah. And she was like, "Oh, I hurt my finger." I was like, "Did you warm up? Like, what happened?" And I was what like, "I don't know. It? Let's just keep climbing for two more hours, and then we'll talk about it." <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, talk about nerve wracking for a coach. Like, so, uh, dude, so it then, seems like you have a hard job, Emmett. So then I'm I started running. But then I started running, and tra- I, I, yeah. I started trail running. I was like, "Oh, trail running oh, is just like god. fast hiking." Oh, and then I like so accidentally great. did a 15 mile day when I was still learning, and destroyed Ooh. my IT band for like the next six months. Ooh. Yeah, again, like you build into things. You don't just like <laughs> that's a problem with very competitive miles people on a trail. Yeah, that's right a problem away. with very competitive people. Is we like to jump in. I had this Apple right? watch and I was like, yeah, and high so, score. Oh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so that, I'm never going to beat it. I hate GPS watches for very reason. Very reason. Oh my God. So I went on the Cirque trip, like unable to hike. So that was fun. Holy shit. Oh, well, what was the apocalypse? I didn't read about it. I <laughs> no, just, okay, I just okay. saw the blog post and I was like, I want to go into this blind. blind. <laughs> I want to find out from the horse's mouth. Okay. Okay. So I'm very open and comfortable about poop talk. The, same, like, we, same, very comfortable here. The Thunderclean yeah. podcast is very poop, pro poop sanctioned. fecal <laughs> yeah, okay. conversation. And I just yeah. think that's normal. And then and then when you're on an expedition with three other people for a month, like event and it's raining, um, you talk about poop. But the one guy <laughs> in our team, Taylor, he just like could not handle it. He would just be like, Oh, gross, Mo. <laughs> like, Mo, we always talk about poop. Mo's just obsessed with poop. And I'm like, Yeah, well, pooping's awesome. Um, <laughs> it happens to everyone, Taylor. Yeah, like it's Taylor, don't tell me you like poop lives. rainbows. Like, I know what happens in there. Like, yeah, you shit out like, big old stinky turds. We're all we're all sharing the same outhouse for this month. Like, I know <laughs> we're, we're 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 running out of our uh TP. <laughs> That's why. Um and so we did the Lotus Flower Tower in two days. Yeah. Uh, we bivied and the morning we woke up from the bivy to do the summit um pat one of our guys is just like all right guys time for the morning shit and i was just like 
or he was about to climb and I was like no if I don't poop I'll regret it in like four yeah. hours totally totally <laughs> and so so Jim my partner and I were both like yeah you know we're so dehydrated and having anything like I couldn't poop if I wanted to so we're good and Taylor's just like you know what I'll, I'm in the same boat I'm gonna, I'm gonna force it out and Pat's like cool well, here's the wag bag and he told us he brought a wag bag he didn't tell us it was homemade so all it really was <laughs> what? it was this like 12 inch square of sheet plastic no uh, <laughs> not a bag <laughs> and not maybe a another bag. piece of plastic uh. and so Pat was senior and Pat's just like Taylor here's how it's gonna work I'm gonna shit on this piece of plastic <laughs> and then you're gonna shit on top of it oh all right now we're getting <laughs> and there and so like taylor who is always already proofobic and like we're on this baby ledge like it's a big baby ledge but it's still a baby ledge so yeah, we're just all very, like standing very, around uncomfortably oh, God, like listening to pat poop <laughs> pat finishes up and he like sprinkles grass on top to like be, be respectful what of a taylor gentleman oh wow yeah you don't want um, the poop to ever touch no yeah. and then uh <laughs> And then he was just like, all right, Taylor, you're up. And Taylor is just pale and clammy. But by this point, like, his body has heard from his brain that it's going to poop. And so he couldn't, he couldn't change his mind. Like it was coming. It's time to go. He just like, I think he might've been openly (laughs) weeping. I don't know. (laughs) He's just like, you know, we're shout out to Taylor, man. We got your back. (laughs) So, you know, we're just like hundreds of miles from the nearest building, like on the side of this cliff. And, uh, yeah. So Taylor did it. And then we get to hear him be like, Oh God, Oh God. (laughs) As he's like bundling up the shit bag that's not a bag and like shoves it into a Ziploc, I think, and then it went into the hall bag. And oh, that was uh, okay. Poor Taylor, Taylor almost jumped, I'm pretty sure. So, so <laughs> I haven't heard this done. story. I was under the impression that the homemade bag thing would end up worse than it sounded like it was. I mean, so to. I didn't look at it and I wasn't the one to have to tie it up, but right. like, it's I think it's one thing if you accidentally get your well, own poop. What well, man is he probably right, ha- did yeah, he have to hold sense. it? Like, what's the what's the diagram here yeah so it's it's laid flat on the ground and you're just like dookie on although i think maybe he's dookie next to it but you have to look at it to triangulate oh yeah yeah where you don't want to so you're staring so so he's aiming for pat's like still steaming pile of poo pat yeah Yeah, exactly he's looking at it being like shout out to pat (laughs) shout out to pat for that big initial stinky pile of poo yeah yeah he's staring at that being like so this baby ledge, like, there's no sticks. So if you miss, like you have to navigate your poo from point A to point B. So oh, like it's no. high, it's high stakes. It is high stakes. Um, wow. So yeah, that was my poop story. Great. <laughs> like, as the inaugural sharing. poop story on Thundercling, um, I don't think that one's gonna get beat ever. Yeah, that no. one's pretty good. And like literally, I'm sorry, Taylor, <laughs> if you still feel bad about that. He guy probably hasn't taken a regular shit. No, in two I don't months. think so. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> So let's talk about one more thing before we get into the beef of it. Oh, what I also want to talk about. Your blood pressure is still low enough, Mo? Yeah. yeah. Okay, good. We're going to raise it up here in a second. (laughs) So my question is, after Stumped came out Mm -hmm. for uh, the Real Rock Tour and you kind of got like Mm Insta-famous, what was that whole experience like? Like what was the reflection period of like, thinking about when you were a kid having like no idea any of this was in store for you. So f- for one thing, I'm grateful that I got Insta famous in my thirties. Oh, right. Like I think it's so much better mm-hmm. to like have worked really hard, but under the radar for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've, I've had jobs like my husband's good job. So I was, I was never like living in my car trying to make it as a pro climber. Like I was, right. I was never trying to make it as a pro climber period. Like I just wanted to rock climb a lot. Um, yeah. but that's what makes this story all the more. <laughs> well, no, it's funny too. Like, uh, when I originally just started as like a one day photo shoot with Cedar and also another Taylor, uh, lots of filmmaking tailors in mm-hmm. my life. And, uh, it, he was the co-filmmaker with, mm-hmm. what was his last name? 
Taylor Keating. Ta- um, yeah, and Stumped is really his his baby, I think, because okay. Taylor and I were kind of friends. Um, and Cedar gave the stamp. But after that one day, I guess Cedar was just like, I think we could actually tell a story here versus just a cool, you know, likable mm-hmm. photo. And then we just started working together. I didn't know what we were doing, didn't really have a story. And then just as we climbed and filmed together, it came out that, you know, I kind of let the thought out that I think it'd be cool if I could climb 512 just to see if I could. And they were just like, boom, topic, done. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is great. That was motivation I needed. Otherwise, like, you know, there's no timeline on something like that. Yep. So to have someone being like, let's do this, let's do this. Yeah. And then they also realized there's this sort of social aspect to being an adaptive climber that they could talk about to make this more than just like mm-hmm. a wank off climbing film. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember. I, I remember so hosting the Real Rock, and I would talk to the national tour director, and I'm like, "Yo, when can I, when can I see like the roughs of the film so I can start thinking about what I'm going to say?" And they're like, uh, "Maureen Beck hasn't climbed the 512 yet. We, we're still, <laughs> we're still waiting." There is no final. So they were working on a B ending, and actually, it would have been good. Um, because it would have really driven home the, like I think it would have closed with like one last whip and been like see not that inspirational like, <laughs> oh that would have been awesome I, I, know, I almost oh, think it would have been better but like yeah I actually went to Scotland for that World Cup having not sent and this is mid to late September and oh Anna God, was vacationing one after the World to Cup showing. I like just toured Scotland and got super drunk off at every distillery I could find <laughs> So I'm sure their stateside just like they actually asked me. They're they're just like they're just like, what if you didn't go to the World Cup and just climbed? And I was like, no, I'm going. They actually asked me. Yeah, come on, guys. Um, And then I got back super sick, like (laughs) almost went to the ER um, before my flight out because I was just like fluey, chest flummy. That was in the film, right? Yeah, 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 I was sick. So that was like, so I got home on a Sunday and on Wednesday we went for an attempt. I'm just like snotting everywhere, like death. (laughs) And, uh, and at that point, I think Taylor was just like, all right, like we're just, this isn't going to be that kind of film that ends in a send. And then that Saturday morning, somehow on my second red point go, it went. That's awesome. Oh, Still pretty sick. But yeah. it turns out that climb is a shitty summer project, which is when I was working on it. Just get beat. It's beaten. <laughs> so, like yeah, it's like slimy yeah. granite, Boulder Canyon granite. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a super sunny crag. So it just gets super big. So even at night in the dark, it was just like hot. So by the time it was October, like I could probably could have sent it in a month if we just did it in the right season. Yeah. Right. <laughs> How was it working with Cedar? I feel like it was he as goofy as he. Yeah, is? you know he yelled at me a lot. <laughs> <laughs> he he was kind of a beta sprayer and beta, <laughs> uh, and like but like beta that wouldn't work with me. Yeah. Like at yeah. all, he'd be like, "Grab this over here," and I'm like, "Have you forgot the one hand thing?" <laughs> the worst part was when Tommy Caldwell came out was and tried it with one hand. Incredible. And then Cedar was like, well, Tommy tried this. You should try that. I was just like, I'm not going to take Tommy Caldwell's stump beta. Like, I don't <laughs> think. Side arm chicken wing I'm beta. just like, and like there's a scene in the film where it shows Tommy taking this kind of gnarly whip because he goes yeah. so far <laughs> off route. And that's what he wanted me to do. And I was just like, Cedar, I don't know. That fall looks pretty bad. Yeah, <laughs> so, like, fuck that, man. So eventually I was actually like, hey, Cedar, maybe maybe don't come shoot the climbing scenes because you just yell at me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this yeah. isn't working. So, yeah. It was it was a blast. It was it was a blast. But that whole thing happens and then... He warned me. I think we were like in oh, New York really? right before Real Rock and he was like, just so you know, like you're going to blow up because like you talk good. And <laughs> you, talk, you talk nice. He's <laughs> just like, people are going to like you. I'm like, oh, what? I'm kind of an asshole. I don't know. Like, <laughs> but Honestly, from that year, I mean, your film and Brad's definitely stick out in my head for real rocks I mean, yeah they're both just like so positive and 
Funny. And Brad's a real human, even though he's a robot, but like, you know. He's a super real human. Um, <laughs> it was funny. They showed those two films first, and then they had like the Chris Sharma, like Deep Water something, like super serious yeah. afterwards. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I got to say that was my least favorite <laughs> like, film I, of that Real Rock tour. Fun, fun fact, I hadn't seen any, like I had been coaching Mo for a while, and I hadn't seen that Real Rock at all. Oh, really? And then at Adaptive Nationals last year, my first one. They showed it afterwards, and I was like, oh, this is the movie you were in. <laughs> <laughs> Emmett's running around like, that's, that's who I coach. That's, that's who I coach. So it wasn't even Real Rock that did it. It's like, uh, it got picked up by Banff, Banff and yeah. was like the number one film on the Banff tour that year. Yeah, uh, that. And I got flown to Europe to like Whoa. do, like, it was crazy. Okay. Um, and I think Banff, that meant like, you know, Janet from Hartford got saw it. Like, getting it outside of the climbing audience yeah. uh, is what really blew it the heck up um but it was cool too seeing how different audiences reacted like the intro scene is me telling lies about how i lost my hand and <laughs> oh, yeah. in boulder everybody <laughs> laughed new york most people laughed in munich no one they're, like, oh my God. they're just like i don't think we can laugh like it, it's really interesting <laughs> did, they, did they have to kill that alligator <laughs> <laughs> it was really interesting but by the end everyone's is, like oh we're on board and yeah it was that's cool. super funny actually just like the oh my gosh she's She's serious right now. Yeah, she's serious did, right now. Did five things happen to this woman? <laughs> um, and you like congratulations. I didn't tell you. You won National Geographic Adventure of the Year. Yeah, this year. Yeah, and that's nuts. That Dude, is nuts. That's awesome. I am unworthy. I, I, I hate mean, to, I that's such a stock question. Like, how does, how does that feel? feel? Well, no, I mean it. Like, I know like, it's the humble thing to say. I'm not worthy, but like for real. I'm a sport climber that did lotus flower poorly and um oh man wait till you guys see this film <laughs> and um i don't know but i what i think is cool it's that we're kind of entering this era where it's not enough just to climb hard like the community sure. and the industry wants to see some kind of give back um yeah. and i'm lucky where my giving back i get to benefit from like the cooler and more accepted paraclimbing and adaptive climbing gets the cooler it is for me so i have this like self selfish reason to to put the work in um but it's it's just yeah but it's just really cool that we we're in this era now where like you can't like you have to climb really freaking hard in order to just rock climb and i think that's kind of cool well it's a hell of an honor how did you find out um i got because you know you're a nominee right well so i got an email saying i was nominated and i was just like no (laughs) <laughs> it's just it's so it's so There's prestigious some, some things it's I, so prestigious yeah it's so cool uh and then they're just like well someone's gonna interview you and i was like cool i have to nail this interview in order to be interesting enough to like maybe win because like it's nothing i'd even thought was like on the radar at all yeah. for me um but then once i heard i was a nominee i was like oh but now i want it but like uh when we get on the interview i was just like oh do you know when I, i'll find out and the interviewer she was just like oh oh yeah her email wasn't very clear you already won <laughs> and so i was just no. like <laughs> yeah so like who was that who was interviewing you uh jamie moy jamie moy yeah uh travel writer of the year like three yeah times. yeah she won again and she and won I again can, this year Mm-hmm. And I can tell that she's worthy because it's one of the best interviews I've ever done. She and she printed it well and like badass. Even though many of the questions are kind of the same on these things, like she still wrote it in a way where it was like, okay, now I think I'm cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Good job, Jamie. It works for me. Thank you, Jamie. The only thing is, you're usually nominated by somebody, and in all past years, like the article ends with nominated by so and so or so and so, and mine didn't have that, so I still don't know. 
You don't know who I have you're no nominated idea. by. Interesting. Ooh. I have no idea. Let's do a shout out to that person right shout now. Shout out. It's in the mystery. Please let me know. Please. I owe you yeah, a What beer. was that email address again? Let's hear from the person you nominated. <laughs> no. Thunderclingpodcast yeah. at gmail.com. Oh, yeah. If you let's know break some that. news over here. Okay, so let's... um. Let's get let's, it. Let's end this puppy up with talking about one thing. Let's get it. So, so this like, year, hour left. the yeah. IFSC... You guys have three hours, right? <laughs> yeah, we, we're probably going to have to wrap this up pretty quick, but we have to get to this. The IFSC Able-Bodied World Championship, mm-hmm. yeah, which they moved up from 2020 to 2019 because of the Olympics, was cleaved away from the paraclimbing world championship. Mm-hmm. So tell us about... That moment, finding that out, the petition, and the final judgment. So one thing that the IFSC did well from the beginning was coupling the two events. Um, many other sports either do the events one after the other or are totally separate. Um, and I think by having them together, it really tells the story. Even though you know pulling plastic and comp climbing isn't real climbing, there's still this core of the climbing community. Mm-hmm. And I think by having paraclimbing completely intermingled with the able-bodied climbing, we actually started calling them open <clears throat> versus abled so you have para and open um was just such a great message to send as well as just a great chance for our athletes to get highlighted for the recognition of all the work they put in yeah um because as i mentioned earlier the paraclimbing cup world cups like yeah there's a couple a year and they're just not to the same standard yeah. as as anything like you know lead world cups the open world cups they're still flashy and showy and the press are there no one shows up to the paraclimbing world cups mm-hmm. um really? <clears throat> and it's just you know yeah, it's nice to get the glitz and glamour and the fame, but it's also just that recognition and spreading the message. I've had so many people reach out to me to say, hey, unless I'd seen that video of you or seen this picture of this other blind guy, I would never have known I could rock climb. And so for us, that exposure is also a huge way, one of our only ways to grow the community and grow the sport. Mm -hmm. Um, So the IFSC was amazing to include it since 2012. Um, And, you know, we've always been, you know, the afterthought. (laughs) <laughs> and, and, sure. and even although Innsbruck Austria last year was the most amazing one yet, there were still things that kind of showed that paraclimbing wasn't thought like the IFSC has never set the tone that paraclimbing is important. So in the U.S., paraclimbing is the fourth discipline. It's lead, speed, boulder and para. Mm-hmm. And it seems like the IFSC, it's like there's lead, speed, boulder. Oh, oh, and para. Oh, that we had, yeah, <laughs> and like, and so Austria was awesome, but it was still details like the back room where the snacks were. Um, abled qualifiers have been that day, and all the snacks left for the para climbers were like literally half-eaten bananas. Like they didn't, they forgot to redo the snacks. Jesus. And then like the v- getting to that room, getting was to the rough. room, we had There's athletes. There's a gravel road, and we have wheelchair athletes. People in wheelchairs have a hard time getting. I pushed like four wheelchairs back to that room. That's an an amazing oversight. And again, if the tone had been set that this is important, like, yeah, it's not the IFSC's fault that there was half-eaten food and gravel pass. Like, that's the host country. But if the tone had been set by the IFSC from the beginning, I don't think that would have happened. I think it would What do you mean by the tone? Just that paraclimbing should be considered just as important as the other events. Equal footing. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, And sure, we have fewer athletes and stuff, but, you know, we can't grow... You can't grow elite athletes from elite athletes. You have to grow from, you have to widen your base first and from your base come elite athletes. Yeah. Um, so with even as awesome as Innsbruck was, there's still so much room for improvement. Um, and so we were really looking forward to this year in Tokyo because um, paraclimbing is not in the Paralympics yet. Mm-hmm. I think the soonest year we could be is even 2028. So 2028? A while, yeah. Um, I just think the IFSC didn't, they were so focused on able-bodied yeah. that para was very far down the line for them. 
Uh, I, I don't understand <laughs> so, that. Yep. So we were so excited. Like, here's a chance to go to Tokyo. Austria was so amazing. Tokyo's going to be even better. Yeah. Um, it was just, you know, off the hook. And then it was on the schedule. We actually had some folks book flights. And then out of the plenary assembly, which is when all the federations get together for the annual meeting, there was this kind of, you know, I've heard from people that were there that all of a sudden it got very quiet and they were just like, oh, by the way, we have to vote to either pan- cancel paraclimbing or move it to France. Because why? Because there was a schedule error where the festival was now one day shorter. And paraclimbing in Austria took up four days, not full yeah. days. It was two nights of qualifiers and then two half days of finals. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, in addition to lead speed and boulder, they're forcing in the combined at the end. Uh, Uh, which I don't think the open athletes like, like they're wrecked after lead speed and boulder and then they're forced to climb three more days. So they kind of kicked out paraclimbing for combined, um, in that sacrifice kind of like other people have mentioned, like other federations were just like, well, what if we move combined? Cause no one likes it anyway and keep paraclimbing. And for some reason that didn't fly. So it was this very binary choice of cancel or move. (sighs) And then I, the more I think about it, I'm like, canceling was on the freaking table? Are you kidding me? Like, who thought that was an ex- Like, what? Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, that just doesn't make any sense to me at all. I, and the, the so plenary assembly didn't have one single adaptive climber voice as no, well. Is that our, right? Yeah, our representative is an IFSC employee who's like the paraclimbing organizer person uh-huh. who himself has never been to an adaptive climbing compass far as I know. He was not at Innsbruck. I mean, wasn't he assigned this year? Yeah, it's pretty like, new. It's a very new position. So he's one, those, after he's one of those baby steps where it's like, cool, IFSC is finally saying, okay, we need someone running paraclimbing, but his job was really just to write a list of everything that IFSC was doing wrong and, and recommendations to fix it. And mm. at the end, like his list was great, but all of us athletes are like this. We've been saying this since like, you know, for right, years. Exactly. Also, you missed a big one. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's, we're in a weird spot because athletes don't normally go direct to the IFSC. You go to your federation and like the IFSC is this faceless man behind the curtain. But paraclimbing is just a little different. We're a much smaller and tighter community. Mm-hmm. Um, the IFSC doesn't respond emails to our federations themselves. So like there was no one to talk to about so first it was rumors coming out of the PA that yeah. like the Australians were like, Hey, my federation says that we moved and we're like, that can't be right. And then more and more people started saying, yeah. Oh yeah, we're just waiting for the announcement. And that's when we all went, what the fuck? <laughs> and so we started, um, you're the chair of the USAC <laughs> paraclimbing committee, but nothing okay. I'm saying is, is, is as in that position. This is all, you know, okay. This is all Mo Beck and Emma Cookson. I'm not the head coach <laughs> yeah. right now. No, um, it's all good. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah. needs to be said for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah, and uh, and so we were to- we heard about the schedule thing again, all rumors, um, but it was just coming from enough federations. And then I saw a copy, a copy of the notes from our own federation who was there, and like, yeah, one of the bullets was like paraclimbing to be moved, and I was just like, well, in case it's not like it just didn't sound right. So we just yeah. started this petition to be like, hey, this move is not okay. We're not okay with this at all. Um, we were just like we belong together. Here's yeah. why. Here's and like even the the able-bodied athletes were like, no, we love having the paraclimbers. Yeah, that's what I heard. That and, it was a two-front fight. Yeah, and then like, you know, Rock and Ice had that article where they were just like, mm-hmm. we would never have known about paraclimbing or seen it except we happened to be there to watch speed. We looked to our left, and there's these blind guys climbing. And holy shit, that was the coolest part of it. Yeah, that work. was by Frank Sanzaro, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that was a well-done piece. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we're getting all this forward movement, right? And yeah. then all of a sudden, the axe. Um, and historically, competitions in France for paraclimbers have not been done well. Um, they have us scheduled for two days midweek now is our world championship. 
Uh, it was a World Cup. It was the only World Cup of the season. So in 2016, we had five World Cups plus the World Championship. This year, we had one World Cup and World Championship. They just kept cutting and cutting. And then they took away our only World Cup and just slapped a new label on it. Why? I, That's a really I mean, good question. It's, it's that tone know. question. I just think... So I don't know, right? Like, again, like, I can't talk to anybody at the IFSC. I, I am now because our petition got noticed and picked up. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Uh, we're at 14,000 signatures now. And, and when I started the petition, um, so we started on a Friday night. Um, the CEO of USA Climbing called me that night just to be like, so here's what I know. And I was just like, am I in trouble? Am I making you look bad? Don't want to take this down? <laughs> like, it's like, it's not just me, right? Like, there's yeah. we have this really small Facebook group of all the adaptive athletes worldwide that compete. And this yep. is where we can talk about things because we don't know. Like, I'm so lucky to, to be in the U.S. Federation where they do talk to us and let us know. Mm-hmm. But we have athletes that don't have a federation and are homeless and like, or the federation doesn't care about paraclimbing. So yeah. we just have this Facebook group. Um, and it was like 198 to 2 to like get vocal, make noise. Cause it's yeah. the only way we we're going to be able to be heard. Cause for years we we're like, Oh, it'll get better. Let's be polite. And I mm. think they just ex- expect people to just take it, especially adaptive people. Like of disabled people are supposed to sit in your wheelchair and just be grateful for whatever you get. Kind of thing is the tone that we feel like we're getting now. Yeah. Of course that's the way they think. So, that's not surprising at all. So I finally, this was supposed to be again, my last year. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And so I was just like, you know, I write, I write, okay, I'll, I'll start the petition, yeah. not quite realizing my face would be like on it, on it. But, um, yeah. but I was just like, you know, this is my last year. I honestly don't care who I piss off because I yeah. am sick of it. <clears throat> and it, and it picked props. up and no props to USAC. They're just like, we can't endorse this, but we can help you talk to the IFSC and I'm not going to ask you to take it down. So oh. they, and they've been working behind the scenes very hard with the IFSC to try to bring more World Cups out this year ASAP mm-hmm. um, to get the IFSC moving on the initiatives that they've suggested to themselves. Um, so now let's actually make them do it. And even though we're not going to be in Tokyo, I do believe the noise we made and the brand pressure that got applied is making them act faster to Good. implement those initiatives. Um, we, we heard that the IFSC was expecting no blowback at all. They expected we would just be like, okay, cool, France. Sick. Well, we get to go to France. Yeah, and I'm just like, are you kidding? Like, who's your marketing? Like, I don't know. Like, it's just what the they fuck were, are they thinking? Yeah, I mean, so here's the thing. Everyone there is just, you know, human doing their jobs. And so yeah, I'm sure. not, like, raging at them on a personal level. I'm just like, that was a real... It looks <laughs> bad. And I don't think they thought through how bad it looks. It's not, like, logistically sure cutting bouldering would be harder. Mm-hmm. Um, but the message that cutting a disadvantaged body sport sense. Dude, the optics could like, not be worse. <laughs> That's a good point. So, uh, I mean, and then literally. like, so Monday we had it on Friday, Monday there was the an- official announcement and it was three quarters of a page listing all the things they were doing to help paraclimbing. And that was already decided before it wasn't a, sorry for Tokyo. Here's what we're going to do to help you. That mm-hmm. was old news. And then just a small little paragraph that was, or paragraph and a half that was just like no, day short, couldn't find space. We tried so sad. We're going to France. Um, and at the end of it, they were like, and France is beautiful and you'll have a great time. Yeah. And you should feel mm-hmm. happier about this. Uh, they didn't even say that, man. Come on. Well, they said something <laughs> similar to that at the end. Like, th- it's going to be a wonderful experience. Well, and they made you. no indication, too. Like, there were rumors going that it's going to be like this going forward because it's just too hard to plan with us. And we're just like, no. That yeah. changed, though, didn't it? Didn't yeah, they've the officially IFSC now announced now saying this like, is a one-off event. Exactly. It's always going to be together going forward. And we've had conversations about how much that matters. Like, what if it could be a better time? And I'm just like... Evidence points to the contrary. Like I've done World Cups. Other athletes have done World Cups that are standalone paraclimbing. It's just not. You know, if yeah. Rock and Ice has a budget to send a guy to the one world championships, he's not going to pick para. I don't blame them for that, right? Like, Yeah. yeah. And, it, and it loses something special when you, when you separate those groups. Like 
uh, for both for, for bodies both. of athletes. Well, yeah. yeah. So think about it this way. I was in uh, Innsbruck. It was my first time overseas, you know, and, and uh, I'm seeing like Alex Magos and I'm seeing Yanya Garnbrit. I'm seeing all these big names in the, in the open scene. And I'm like, wow, that's awesome. And then I'm also seeing all these big names in the paraclimbing scene, right? Yeah. And then and the cool thing is I saw those big names at each of the other like parties competitions. I saw the best paraclimbers in the world watching the open athletes. I saw the open athletes watching the best paraclimbers in the world. Yeah. yeah. Frank like, Sanzaro's article basically come to life. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was it I mean it, it was awesome. Like the fact that, you know, um, yeah, turning around during qualifiers and hearing like Kyra Condi and her parents losing their shit. Oh my god, oh. Like, <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. That's what it's gonna lose, right? Yeah. It's just this coexistence of climbers. Yeah, literally. Period. So New Zealand has one athlete in the paraclimbing team, um, and like Alex Magos pushed her off a bus one time because she didn't have anyone to, to like get her wheelchair off and help her. And like that's just cool. And she didn't even know who Alex Magos was, which that's was the coolest the cool part. part. Right? Like, cool she was like, yeah, some German climber helped me. And the other New Zealand like open athletes were like, you didn't know who that was? He's like, it's a climber. He looked like Legolas from uh, Lord of the Rings. Yeah, he looked like an elf. Well, she was like, he was a climber. Like he's competing. It's his yeah. first ever world world cup or world championships. It was her first ever world championships. Awesome. Like they just shared that, that moment. And like, just two ships passing in the ocean, and we're not going to get that anymore, right? Like it's it's going to be like, oh, we're we're just it's a sideline thing, you know? Like yeah, it's I don't know. I don't want to say like they're almost treating the the group like a freak show, but it kind of feels like that to me. I mean, we are a freak show to be fair, but it's like they are, but they party really hard, and so they're cool. <laughs> um, it's like you know we've always felt like an afterthought or something that they felt obliged to do, yeah, because culturally, oh, we have to do this now. And this just makes it even more um, apparent. And so it's like, okay, cool. We're not going to be in Tokyo. We're going to be in France. Well, cool. N- not cool is that we're scheduled for like a Tuesday, Wednesday, two-day world championships. Like that's not a world championships. Yeah. Um, and so like there's some fight to be had there yet. But overall, I, I'm leaving this optimistic where I feel like we really have a movement going now where yeah. the IFSC and other sports and you know, can see that, oh, they're not just going to sit here and take this quietly. Like, there's momentum now. Like, now we're going to, they know they're going to be held accountable to treat us appropriately. Um, and then it was also amazing for the athletes to see 14,000 people from 80 countries, a bunch of pro climbers sign that thing. Yeah. Um, and then the brands that came out to support it. It's like, whoa, people actually do notice paraclimbers. Like, yeah. even if the IFSC might not acknowledge it as, like, a, the fourth wing, um, you know, the industry does. And so I think that was one of the, that's the coolest thing to come out of this. Like, yeah, it's a lot of heartache this year, but I think by 2020, we're going to be seeing a lot more yeah. action. And 2021 Moscow is going to be the best one yet. And that, I think maybe 2021 Moscow will be my last one. I was I don't just going to keep saying Well, so when I woke up Friday morning to the news, I was just like, I am boycotting France. There's no effing way I'm going. Oh yeah, that was the text <laughs> messages I got from I was like, Emmett's up at 6 a.m. Yeah, I I mean, I was setting that day, so I was up, unfortunately. Um, But then there's this, like, cynical part of me that's like, no, that's what they want. If there's too few paraclimbers, they can justify canceling it. fucking exactly right. Because I'm cynical, but it might be the truth. Um, But then, no, I think think we all do better by going. 
Um, and we're going to do, we didn't do this in Innsbruck, but in Paris after the world championships, like 40 adaptive athletes from all over the world went to font after for a week oh, and man. rage. And nice. you don't see that happening on the open side. Like, yeah, maybe two or three here and there will do stuff. Yeah. But like the, the diaspora spread. It out is on that such side. a unique thing for adaptive to like hang out and party yeah, after. Um, and oh, yeah. so now that we're going to be back in France, I think we're going to do the same thing again. Nice. Oh, but so, so we, like, but we're going to like Chamonix or Seuss, right? Yeah. Font in the summer. Font in the summer is no way now. Oh, you mean those slopers aren't nice <laughs> under the sun and yeah. the humidity and I, the mosquitoes? After Innsbruck, I went to Font for three weeks and it was still like, it was turning fall, but the slopers still felt like. Yeah, and I suck at slopers in the first place. Dude, so. I could be there in the middle of winter <laughs> and fucking. Greasy <laughs> yeah, to me. but we're just gonna do something because um, yeah. I just think that's another thing that's just so unique to our community, and that's why we're so tight, and that's why you know yeah. we have this Facebook group where we can just be open-hearted and say you know, yeah, you know, we're a well-bonded group across well, countries. I'll use so. the I word because <laughs> it's inspirational when people fucking raise their voices, and I'm not talking about paraclimbers or any other climbers i'm talking about like the whole community yeah rises up and like this is unfair it's uh, a foolish move and you're gonna suffer for it and that's like so inspirational that your voice was heard yeah and what i read today that it was like this is the ifsc is like this will never happen again you're like i'd like to think we had something to do with that i think you did yeah Yeah. we definitely did i mean this is very reminiscent and we've been joking about this a little bit of the flow climbing incident that happened with the ifsc when they tried to make (laughs) all the world cups last year they tried to say oh all the world cups are gonna be high (laughs) yeah they're gonna be on a a pay barrier there's a there's you have to pay for flow climbing now to see the live stream of the world cups and everyone blew up their petition got how many mo Twelve thousand. and i was just like we better get more goddamn signatures for like actual athletes than for a tv deal <laughs> and you did. We did. And yeah, we did. Yeah, but like it's it's very reminiscent of that. They made a blunder. We told them as a community, "Hey, that's not that's not fucking cool. Don't do that." Yeah, and they were like, "Okay, we've already kind of made some plans, but we'll change it for next time." And I was kind of hoping for that. I was like, like had they announced that we were gonna have qualies in a hotel and ballroom, then we would have been pissy. But to move it back, like, I was hoping they would be like, "Okay, we can't keep it here." It, like it's gonna be this and we'd yeah. be like okay that's worth it right um but yeah and it was also weird too how it like went right to france like there wasn't a memo going on like hey who yeah, else could do this like there's some um, it's just it's, no it's voice. gonna be awesome yeah. <laughs> um I, well we'll make it awesome um yeah. they know we're watching um but like how cool is opening ceremony is going to be with like not everybody, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like now the opening can't ceremony replicate that. is only going to be paraclimbers. Just a bunch of drunk. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's going to be cool. And I think the other cool part is that like, yeah, we're going to encourage that, that group of paraclimbers to go climbing afterwards even more, yeah. you know, like and I'm going to be with them again. Like it's going to be, it's going to be rad. And then I do feel bad for USA climbing because, uh, they had like all of my sponsors and like the Alpine club calling their offices all week being like what are you doing about this <laughs> and poor usa climbing is like we can't do anything it's but not us that's, <laughs> all right. that's what they're there for seriously big that's what they're there like, for usa climbing did a great job yeah. handling this. good they, they're, they're and they're pushing hear. they are they're, pushing the ifse for yeah and, that's and awesome. USA, usa climbing um is one of the best federations for paraclimbing it seems like mm-hmm. at the moment like by far yeah so i think that you know the euros or the you know other countries might be the lead for, you know, speed, boulder and, sure. and lead. But I think the U.S. can be at the forefront of paraclimbing. Oh, we 100%. definitely. 100%. Oh, we I think we are. We are. I mean, okay, so I have a bunch of stats because I do that <laughs> stuff. Uh, last, <laughs> last year at the paraclimbing world championships, um, 
the second largest team was Great Britain with about 14 athletes. Mm-hmm. Um, U.S. had 34 athletes. Damn. Wow. Um, which accounts for almost half of the field. Night. Well, that pretty much yeah. seals that deal. Yeah, right. And so, like, uh, the but not fact- just in numbers, but like in tone. Like, our federation supports us. Our right. nationals are huge. And our nationals funded. are huge. They're funded. Like, we're, we're supporting athletes. We're constantly working to do more for our paraclimbing athletes. Well, like, this year, we're wanting to support the athletes monetarily if we can. Um, there's been some stuff going on because of the changes that were like, Ooh, we don't know if we can do this, but like they were already planning on helping out our athletes. Right. Like I'm not yeah. sure if the other groups are doing that, but USA climbing is standing out in my mind as like really pushing for this. And it's they cool. seem to be turning the corner a bit in the last couple of years as climbing has grown. Like obviously USC, USAC has to become, you know, the MLB, the MLS, the NBA, yeah. You know, the more climbing grows, unfortunately, the more bullshit like this is going to happen. You become an adult sport, you have adult problems. You know what I mean? The USA seems like they're doing pretty well. Yeah. But, I mean, thanks to you, dude. They answer my emails, which is great. Wow. <laughs> what a high bar. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We have gone on for almost two hours. <laughs> wow. You warned me. I did, I did tell <laughs> you it was going to be long. Yeah. So I will bid you guys adieu. Okay. Thank you so much. On for that note, on. oh my gosh, I'm like ready to stab someone. So. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Do we have like a, 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 good... a nice like? Uh... You guys can beat me afterwards. <laughs> I'll, put on, I'll put on my equipment. Yep. Correct. That's what Feedy does after every interview. I have to let out my anger somehow. I've Dave. never learned how to form tackle someone. So well, we'll teach Dave, you in the <laughs> Dave loves to wrestle. I know he does. He's quite. Pro- he's quite hey everybody thanks for tuning in that was a really good interview you listened to that's why we're doing something new tuning out with a whole new tune we are a rapping podcast for you it's gonna sound really, really, really cool. cool. I don't think you understand about how cool these old men is. <laughs> uh, uh, did that work? Do you think that worked? Uh, I just I'm, couldn't stop watching your hips, like the way they were. I can dance. No, now watch it. me now. They're not uh, working uh, uh, right. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> oh shit! My quarters fell out. Sorry about that. Sorry guy. for that. Um we sorry, it's just you gotta stay relevant, you gotta stay hip. The world is it's tough out there, man. I'm getting a little bit older and we need yeah. to figure out way you're still a young guy. I'm still you're a young, hip. cool guy. Yeah, yeah you're I get really it. cool. I mean it was my, it was like I mean it was It was your idea to do that rap. Yeah, I mean I'm a really good rapper. That's why I wanted to rap. I I mean yeah. you're okay. No, I have a ways to go. I thought you really knocked it out of the park. I think Thank I you. I need some more. Listen, yeah. can I do another one? Yeah, sure, go for it. Do you need do you need a beat? Ah, uh, sure. Give me a beat. Okay. Just because I'm old doesn't mean I can't rap. I like to talk in the staccato way. If you can't listen to my shit, get out. This is a Thundercling podcast pout. It's a pout. I like to pout, especially when I don't send those V5 grades. Oh, my God. I can't believe I said that. I, I, I think I have more work to do. 
Honestly, you were spitting some fire there, dude. Really? Yeah. I would. Let's play that back after we and we post it, so we don't hear what it sounded like. Okay. And then we can talk about it. And awesome. No regrets about our decision to do this. Thanks, man. Yeah. I feel really good about that now. I think I maybe I'll cut like an album or something. Hey, man. With if you because took, you're you know so what? confident. If in you me. took that to the crag in a boombox and uh-huh. blasted it, yeah, I guarantee you, no bros would come hang out with you. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You could wait. Yeah, you just carry it on your shoulder. Uh, oh yeah, I, that, that's yeah. from my age. Exactly, like uh, the eighties movies. Hip guy. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. a ghetto blaster, like a, a big giant. Yes, yes. And just like roll up see, with Dave, my trench coat. See, Dave, you got it, dude. Trench coat. Thanks, man. Mm-hmm. I am really gonna pr- because you're showing so much confidence in me. I think, I, I think I'm gonna pursue this rap thing. I mean, when I came in here today, you had a one mic set up on a stand. I don't know what you were doing in here. I was practicing. I can only presume you've been practicing. I was Dave. spitting my rhymes, dude. If you got a demo, dude, send it my way. I'd I, love to give you some feedback. I think I might have some bangers. Is that the way? <laughs> yes, that's is what that, that is correct. That talks we then? usually say, like, as a cool young guy, we usually yeah. say, like, "Yo, love, dude." You just say "love." Oh, I, 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 right? You don't pronounce the L. Y- yeah, you go, "Uh, dude." I, dude. Uh, I got I spitting some major flames, and we want to thank Maureen Beck and her homie Emmett Cookson for coming in to the crib, dude. To we, the crib. Yeah. Shut the fuck up and let me oh, finish shit, this, okay. dude. <laughs> Jesus Christ! And uh, yo, next time you guys tune in, we're gonna have some mad uh, libs rolling in here. Hot libs. We're You're gonna, right, Mad Libs. That's that's your thing. That's an older person. Mad right? Libs is a rap, right? Mm-hmm. We're gonna have some Mad Libs rolling up in the piece. I'm gonna pull the quarters out of my belly button. Tone it back a little bit. Uh, Just, no, 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 no. I'm going no. to. I'm gonna. Uh, I'm gonna talk in a beatful way. <laughs> and uh, well, we'll. You know what? We'll cross that bridge when we get to yeah, it. But I am I'm really psyched that you're so confident. Dude, I like this new direction Thunderclings going. Me and too. I think our. I think the, the our listenership is going to appreciate it. Yeah. I think that my mom's going to totally dig it. Like she's been she, I've been trying some death metal too. This is man. not only about rap. I've been I've been dabbling in a little bit of death metal. Yeah. And uh I've got some kind of Britney Spears, Katy Perry stuff that I've been kind of dabbling in. No. And uh Shut I'm up. feeling really good about Shut my the fuck No, up. I want to oh. expand my horizons. Okay. And uh, Keep I want to Bebify it a little bit. Beba? Justin Bieber is like the most popular guy in the world He's, now, right? Yeah. Yes. I'm Correct. A little Number bit one out of touch. And um, so. <laughs> what do you get? I'm so from? excited. I can't, I can't believe this. Um, but Maureen, I, we got a little off track there. <laughs> Sorry. Maureen, thank you so much for coming on. Emmett, uh, thank you so much for yeah, coming yeah. on the show. Uh, if you... <laughs> <laughs> we should end the wrap this we thing should. up. Uh, if you guys have any feedback, not about this outro. I don't want to hear anything <laughs> about that. Um, if you have any feedback or questions or you'd like to write for Thundercling, remember you can always get a hold of us at thunderklingpodcast at gmail.com. Where else can they find us? They can also find us on Instagram under the handle thundercling. The. The thundercling. We should really like uniform that because some of those things are like thunderclang, some of them are the. What do I fucking tell people, Dave, when they come hey. into the movement Whoa. gym and they ask me what? This is spiraling out of control. Yes, it is. <laughs> it um the thundercling at Instagram, 
and that's the only <laughs> other place you can find yeah. us. Um, but also, thanks for tuning in, and thanks for some. F- we're getting more, I was more say, feedback all the time, and it's really en- enlivening for us to yes. hear um, the feedback we get. We, uh, for example, we had uh, a listener write in who said, uh, "Don't." talk anymore in your intros and outros and then the next week we had someone say the opposite don't listen to them keep talking and that's why we're gonna go for 20 more minutes <laughs> it's more or less more or less what do you guys want okay i don't know we'll just we'll just give it like we'll just spit yeah. rhymes until uh these dudes can't <laughs> fucking take it anymore all right um but anyway we love you all so dearly uh now it's time for the outro, the outro. Now it's time for the outro. Goodbye. Now it's time to say bye bye, bye bye. We'll see you on the flippy flippy side. Out. It's the season of the brood. Jim Zombies